Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden. Hello, world. This is your girl, Christina. And today, we are wrapping up this very uh, chaotic season with a overall That's nostalgia recap <laughs> so you guys like it when we end our seasons with recaps and that's what we're gonna do um i promise 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 we will have more 80s topics in future seasons but probably not next season but before we get into all the goodness of today's episode please make sure you follow us on the socials we're on twitter and instagram at nostalgia mix pod and you can keep the conversation going with hashtag nostalgia mix pod if you're having any reactions to what we're saying or any additional thoughts of your own please make sure you subscribe to us on itunes google play and spotify and rate our podcasts so that way other people who love nostalgic things can find us and we can also be found on podbean so we have come to the end of this season it has been a, a journey to say the Finally. least like, yeah my goodness it, it's, it it's been, been a lot it's been some gaps and stuff and again you know we just want to apologize for those things. I know, you know, a lot of you guys are looking for the bi-weekly episodes on Thursday. And so sometimes when things are a little off, you know, it's, it could be a bit disappointing. And I understand that as a podcast listener, because I have my favorite podcast. And I know, like, if I'm expecting one on Wednesday and it doesn't drop on Wednesday, I'm like, hello, what's what's going on over there? Everybody OK? But, you know, thank you so much for being patient with us. And we uh, promise to definitely try to make sure that we're working on some different issues and just getting some, you know, kinks out of the way. And we're just hoping that next season will be, you know, a little bit smoother, that things won't be so incredibly busy like they were this summer and that our lives just kind of align. So that way things run the way that we want them to. Exactly. Like it's the summer has been the, I was going to say this summer was the worst. Last summer was the worst. This has kind of been like, the second worst i guess it's just been it's been a summer but uh hopefully fall will be fall and winter will be much kinder to us and our schedules and trying to get this show out to you um that's my plan at least so we're gonna be uh planning some things and trying to make again life a little bit easier for us so we can make sure that we stay consistent for you guys i don't know if my schedule ever gets any easier (laughs) just Oh man, just looking at my own life and all the stuff I have to do is just boggles my mind. It's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it like adulthood is a trap and I did not sign up for this is basically the long and short of that. I'm very angry. I want to I want to trade in. I want to go back. I'm I'm not cool with this at all. I don't but want no we'll parts. make it through and it'll all be good. So what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to do our Pose recap um, for the last two episodes of Pose because, you know, Pose recently wrapped up um, its second season and we'll be heading into a third season sometime next year. So we're going to talk about all that Pose stuff and then we'll just jump right into our recap items. So let's travel back a bit to Pose episode nine. I know in the last podcast that we had that, you know, I was saying, I don't know about episode nine. It looks fun, but it just doesn't seem like it makes any sense within the overall narrative of the season, but mm-hmm. it really did. And I really liked it. Like I've watched I the episode, episode like five so times. Much. I love it so, so much. You don't really get to see like girls just having fun like that a lot of times. Right. Um, especially not on this show. Like the, they're, you know, again, we've gone back to the whole concept of, you know, 
they don't always necessarily get along with each other, but when somebody is coming against the community as a whole, they kind of close ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good to see them just kind of put all the drama and ballroom craziness aside. Just be like, let's just go hang out and chill and, you know, have a great time and enjoy ourselves. I really love this episode. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think they all needed that break too. It's like what Electra said. Um, She was just like, you know, we've all been through so much recently. We've lost candy, you know, Blanca lost her shop. So many different things happen and let's go out and just have a good time. So basically the beginning of the episode, it's like dead of summer, you know, Blanca's tossing and turning in the bed and everything. She gets a call and it turns out Frederica with her evil transphobic behind has burned down Blanca's shop. She burned down her she shed. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it was just, it was so messed up. Like I felt so bad for her because that was, she put her whole life savings into that. She did. And And it was the one thing that she had for herself. Like the rest of her life is all about those kids and making sure that they're straight. This was the one thing that she had for her that meant something to her. Like it was her dream to have her own shop and to literally see it gone up in smoke and flames and stuff was just, it was terrible. Gone up in smoke after she became an empty nester. So like all the things that she loved and cared for just gone, gone. And, and And it all happened so fast. You know, I mean, to have your kids yeah. leave, Damon leave, and then Angel and Poppy move out, and now your nail shop is going. It's like, what do I do? So, you know, she gets together with all of the girls. Um, Electra, in the meantime, has a client who likes to be uh, put into a leather suit with like <laughs> a mask over his head, and and just left there. He's supposed to be left Which... in a cage. I don't know i you know i don't kink shame or anything like that so i don't know what that's all about but that's his thing but she discovers that he has a really nice house out in long island and she's like oh we could do this we could do this so she gets the girls together she's like yo you know like i said before yeah blanca's lost her you know her kids are gone her shop's going up in flames we've lost candy like everybody's been through a whole lot of stuff let's go ahead and make this ride out and have a girls weekend at the beach so everybody's down I love when they all come over to Electra's house. First of all, Electra with all those pine, those pine freshness in her house because there's just, a dead body in her closet. Just get rid of the body. Like it's getting a little ridiculous. At I this don't point. know what's like, going on. We went through the whole season, and mind you, spoiler alert. Like not really spoiler alert for the final episode, but like nobody mentions it in the last episode either. So it's just kind of like it's still there. You- you is it still there like this is my thing for the entire season is Electra has a dead body in the closet and nobody knows nobody cares Uh, the two people that care are candy who is not alive anymore and Mm -hmm. the the late the other lady who we haven't seen since that episode what are you gonna get rid of the dead body in the closet if i'm not mistaken blanca knows because when they were sitting in the apartment and they were talking about, you know, and they were like, why don't we just go hang out? At, oh, yeah. yeah, why don't we just go hang out at Electra's place? You know, she's, you know, she got the bougie place with the AC. And she was like, no, because, you know, I have to be careful. It'll, you know, make the smell travel and stuff. And they're like, Lulu's like, uh, girl, what smell are you talking about? And Blanca just looks at her like, mm. <laughs> and they changed the subject really quick. So Blanca definitely knows. And then she mentions it, you know, later on in the episode. So, you know, they come over to... Electra's house. She's got pine fresh. So it smells like just straight up pine freshener in her house. Blanca arrives and 
I I cracked up so hard when Electra said that she looked like a clampet from <laughs> from the Beverly Hillbillies because that's exactly what she was dressed like. I mean, I was laughing at first, but then I quickly stopped laughing, especially once Blanca kind of got upset about it. Um, you know, I I really thought it was interesting how she brought up how she hated Summer and how Summer kind of took on a different uh-huh. meaning for her because she was right. like, you know what? I'm not like you other girls. I can't, when I walk down the street and I've got on a pair of short shorts or I try to wear something sexy or something, you know, people are calling me a, you know, a man and a whatever or a freak or a tranny or, you know, some other type of slur that uh-huh. hurts her feelings. So that was why she was so covered up where the other girls have on these, you know, sexier bikinis and stuff like that. And it just, you know, again, it's just a reminder of people, number one, just being cruel and yeah. not minding their business and, you know, bothering people that don't need to be bothered. And also just the the danger that certain trans women can face just for going out of their house and walking down the street and wanting to wear what they want to wear. They, I mean, that's something that she's constantly got to think about. Exactly. You know, like, when I, I leave know. out of my house, how am I going to be perceived by the outside world? Could this lead to me getting harassed? Could this lead to me getting hurt, killed? Exactly. You know, you just don't know. Like, I know how self-conscious I feel going out of the house as a, you know, straight cisgender woman. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine, like, how much more you have running through your head when, like, you've got to think about, you know, making sure you're safe at all times because of the violence that, you know, you could face or just the looks or the things that people could say to you. Like, I just... It makes my anxiety bad thinking about it. And like, I definitely feel for people in those situations, like not saying that we have the same situation, but I could like, and also not playing, playing oppression Olympics, but like, right. I know how I feel. And I just know that like, right. So you're I thinking about how that, that would be magnified, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't, wouldn't wish that on anybody else. It is. It's, it's crazy. Um, so they, you know, they get together, um, they go out, they help, you know, Blanca find this really cute blue bikini that looks so good on her. And I, I you know, adorable. again, I just love how they just like lifted up her spirits and told her, you know what? It doesn't okay. matter if you're, you know, if you're, if you're seen to be, you know, pretty or this or that or passing or whatever, somebody's always going to have something to say. So you might as well just wear what you want and just go with it anyway. And so that made me so happy. They get in the she car. Uh, Angel and Poppy are the cutest. Uh-huh. Like, I'm so glad that they're past whatever dumbness they were on a couple of episodes ago with that cocaine and mess. Oh, like, God. they're just, oh, and he's like putting her stuff in the trunk and they're like kissing goodbye. Like she's going away for a month when she's literally going to be gone like two days. And I'm right. like, look at you two. Like, y'all are adorable. I love them so much. They're like an adorable married couple already. They are. And then they drive off. I love the girls in the car together, like just singing with the windows down, having a good time. Uh-huh. It's just, it's, it's so cute. And I, I love that moment so much. Number one, with the singing and them, you know, with their hats and their shades on and stuff, just for once getting a chance to see them just be free, be happy, not be just... worried and relaxed and not have something looming over their head was just real awesome. And then Electra driving in the middle of that road. <laughs> Because she got her driver's license at a bodega. <laughs> Look. It's <laughs> probably they, about how I When they drive. said she drove bad, and she was like, I, they were like, well, where'd you, where'd you get your driver's license? She was like, I don't have one. I bought one at the bodega. I'm like, yo. <laughs> and one of the producers from the show actually said that he got that idea from his grandfather, who 
did the same thing back in like the 60s oh, wow. and 70s. Like, so that was actually a thing to be able to pay. And if you had enough money, you could pay and get you a fake driver's license at the bodega. Yikes. <laughs> like, I can just imagine all the people driving around like electric, just no, no type of concept of how to drive whatsoever. They just went and literally purchased the license where people buy fruit and just got in the car and started driving away. Uh-uh. <laughs> How many people are actually driving around now with a with an ID they got from the bodega? Listen, questions that need answers. Right. I don't. I don't know what's going on there, but I was fine with it. So they get to the house. House is banging. Like, love it so uh, much. I want that house. Can't oh my it. god! Please. Like it's so so nice. They get there. They get settled in, relax and stuff, and then they go ahead and they hit the beach. Um, again, I like them hanging out on the beach, having a good time, just kind of talking and everything. You know, Blanca again brings up something really, well, Blanca and Angel actually both bring up something that's kind of really interesting points that I saw people really talking about later on. So Blanca says, you know, she's like, well, this is only an hour away from, you know, where we live, but I've never been to the beach before. And so a lot of people found that hard to believe, but when you really start thinking about it, it's really not. It costs the money to go places. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you know, again, number one, it costs money to go places, to go places and everything. So travel is a privilege. Um, I it know is. a it lot of people. Is. I live in, I'm from a small town in North Carolina, and I know people that have literally, like, my hometown is probably an hour and a half away from the capital in Raleigh. And I know okay. people that have never been to Raleigh before. Oh, yeah. I know people that have definitely not left this, like, city or state. Like, right. If, if I didn't have, if my dad's side of the family was from, wasn't from Wilmington, like, I probably would not have gone out of this state or out of this city. Right. Until, what, like a high school trip or something like that? If that, right. like, yeah. It's, right. It's definitely a, definitely a privilege and it's expensive. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people that grow up in the city, um, you know, they're and they're up in New York City. So there are a lot of people that are up there that don't leave their hood, don't leave their block. You know, even to this day, there are people that, you know, they kind of exist within a few blocks or square footage where their home and their comfort zone is. And they just don't have that access or the resources or, or what have you to be able to leave outside of that comfort zone. And then it mm-hmm. goes back to, to me, with... Blanca and also maybe her safety. I feel like that could also play a role into it or whatever. It's like, you know, when she knows she's in her neighborhood, I mean, you have some level of, you know, familiarity and safety and stuff there, but it's just like when the girls were on the beach and they said it quite a few times throughout the whole episode or whatever, they were kind of unsure about going different places. Like Uh Lulu was looking at the people behind them and she was like, you know, Hey, Electra, you think they're clocking us? Why are they looking at us so hard? So there was kind of that paranoia there too, that, you know, I'm trying to be out here and have fun, but I really can't fully let my guard down because in the back of my mind, there could always be somebody there that's going to say something mean to me or, you know, or try to hurt me or, you know, do no. something to me in some kind of way. So that might be why is, she didn't go anywhere. It is a constant fear. And right. like it, it almost, I've been reading a lot of books about like how your body reacts to things just in general. Um, and how like that, fear that just becomes your baseline where like Mm -hmm. you know some people can relax and be okay in public and stuff like that but like having that constant fear just ticking at you all the time always having to worry about you know what people are saying or what people are thinking or if somebody can hurt you like that becomes like your base level of like existence right and it's really damaging in the long run 
Um, and so to see them having to think about that is kind of like an awakening, like, like they can't, they don't really have a moment where they can just let that go. Right. They don't often. Um, and it's a little sad that they never get a chance to just kind of like <sighs> take a deep breath and just exist instead of having to worry about how they exist. Right. Or constantly being on guard, you know? Right. Right. So that was cool. And that was, you know, that was a, that was a interesting perspective and that caused a lot of, you know, chatter and stuff like that among people or whatever, a good conversation. Cause I mean, people, uh-huh. sometimes we have to be reminded Oh yeah, of our privileges, you know? Absolutely. I mean, cause it's so easy for us to say, well, come on, something's only an hour away. You know, why don't you just hop in the car and stuff? Well, it's like, first of all, she doesn't drive. As far as we know, she mm-hmm. doesn't even know how to drive. You know I mean? Electra was the first time we've really seen anybody drive on the show. Exactly. I don't even think most of them own cars. Right. Yeah. They don't have cars. They don't drive. I mean, they live in the city. They don't really have to, you know? So for you to think that she's going to go a whole hour away, I don't know. I mean, you know, again, it's just, you kind of having to check your privilege and realize that if you have gotten a chance to travel and go places, even if it's just a short trip that you consider to be an hour away, that's a, you know, that's something that a lot of people don't get a chance to do. Uh And then with Angel too, which was something I could definitely relate to, when she said that, you know, she never learned how to swim. And I mean, that was me as a kid throughout my whole childhood. I didn't know how to swim. I grew up in a small town and the community center where the pool was at was predominantly white. And even, you know, and the people that ran the place there and that went there made it uh, painstakingly clear, like ridiculously clear that they didn't Mm -hmm. want black people there. And this was me being a kid in the nineties. Yeah. So I still don't know how to swim. Like, right. So you can imagine what her childhood was like. I mean, cause you know, if angels in her early twenties, that would have put her childhood being in the, you know, what in the seventies, late seventies, uh-huh. early eighties or something like that. So that's even before, you know, my time. And she was talking about going there and how she wasn't accepted. So she just never learned how. And I mean, there are a lot of black people, a lot of black and brown people that never learn how to swim and don't know how to swim. And it was because they didn't have access to either. Right. I mean, or and their family are scared. Like it's just, right. it's a thing. I actually had a conversation at work one day with a former car worker, and I feel like I've mentioned this before. I know I mentioned it to you, but I don't know if I've said it on the show. But we were talking about swimming and all sorts of fun things, and um, like I had just casually mentioned that the employee, fellow employee, was white, um, and I was like, you know, a lot of black people don't know how to swim, and he. Like, just straight up ask, like, well, why is that? And I was like, it, the short answer is racism. The longer answer is like, you know, your if your parents don't know how to swim and they can't teach you, then you have to pay to go somewhere to swim right. and learn how to swim. And a lot of us are scared of water. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, a lot it, of us uh, are scared most of parents don't have that, you know, don't have that funding and stuff to be able to do that. It's like my girls are taking, you know, starting swim lessons and doing swim and stuff like that now. And those are opportunities that I never got a chance to have because, yeah. you know, again, especially being in a small town, there there's no YMCA, you know, and even if there had been exactly. something like that, I grew up with a single parent. Like we were trying to keep food in the house. Learning how to exactly. swim was not a priority, mm-hmm. like keeping Definitely lights on not. and keeping food on, you know, the table and clothes on your backs. That was the priority, you know? Definitely not. Especially and even now I'm it. not a, I can tread water decently, but I... Me, myself, and I mean, I have no problem admitting this or whatever. I am 32 years old and I'm going to be in some swim lessons this this fall because mm-hmm. I can tread water okay, but I'm not a very confident swimmer. And exactly. that's my goal before I turn, because I really want to do something big for my 35th birthday. 
And so that's my goal before I turn 35 is to become a more confident swimmer. Hmm. But I like it. yeah, but you know, I got delayed on that and because I had no access to that, to that type of thing to be able to learn how to swim. And I mean, my dad knows how to swim because he's in the military, but my mom does not know how to swim. And she's almost 60 and she doesn't know how to swim. Yeah. I don't think, I think my younger siblings know how to swim. I don't think any of my older ones do. I don't think my mom does either. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we just don't do it. I know my grand, my grandmother probably knows how to swim. My dad's mom, um, but she doesn't like the beach. So, right. Yeah, and Angel wasn't the only one. Like, (laughs) Blanca obviously doesn't know how to swim either because they decide to... This is what I don't understand. (laughs) So they decide to go out and, you know, of course, Blanca being the just lovely optimist that she is, I just, I love her so much. She's like, you know, we don't know when we're going to come out here again. This is our chance to do something different. Come on, ladies, let's go get in the water. And Lulu's uh-huh. like, nah, girl, I got a new weave. And Electra's like, nah, girl, I seen uh-huh. Jaws. I'm good. <laughs> but, you know, she coaxes Angel to go out there with her. Of course, Angel, being a good daughter, decides to go ahead and go. And she's like, we're going to only go up to, like, our thighs. Like, we're not going to go any further. They're gone for, right. what, maybe three minutes? Like, long enough for Lulu and Electra to have a very short conversation about Electra not going to candy's casting kid at the funeral and then the next thing you know there's like you know whistles blowing and all this stuff like that angel comes running back up and blanca is like real far out uh-huh. and she is drowning like coughing head dipping up underwater drowning and i'm like how did that escalate so quickly right like what happened did like a giant tsunami wave come from out of nowhere or what because the the ocean when they were walking out there looked pretty calm like and the next thing you know she's like way out there and i'm like girl what was you doing uh the most like i (laughs) just took her took their eyes off her for like half a second right just half a second and then like all hell breaks loose and what happened to them not letting go of each other (laughs) like i don't know what's going on we're going to hold hands and we're not going to let go of each other. And then the next thing you know, Angel's running back like, ah, uh, uh, drowning. She's dying. And so this whole scene, I like it, but then it also kind of makes me laugh. And this is why. So yeah. lifeguard gets off the, you know, gets off the, off his post and goes running out there. And he is fine. Like he got his little lime green shorts and stuff like that. I'm uh, like, oh, yum. oh. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe this whole drowning situation ain't so bad, girl. I'm like, hmm. So he gets out there. You know, he saves her and stuff. He he brings her to the shore, starts giving her a little mouth-to-mouth and all that stuff like that because they're, you know, they're worried that she's not really breathing and stuff. But the thing that kills me during that scene was that, did you notice the music? No. Like, it was super upbeat, like, teen bopping music like it and i was like yeah, she's trying to survive a uh, almost drowning and you have on like the most lighthearted, upbeat music like she's running on the beach like it's like no she almost died like who who made that music choice not smart people that's all i got to say there that just wasn't i don't know it, i felt like they were trying to do a play off the uh they watch running music i guess i don't know yeah i mean go back go back and watch it like you have to the music is ridiculously upbeat it was literally the first thing that i noticed like i couldn't even really focus on him him giving her the mouth to mouth and stuff because i'm like why is this music so upbeat she almost drowned like Uh. you need to tone it down because it was like upbeat and it was really loud too like the music was so loud that even when Electra and them were kind of saying their lines in the back you 
really could barely hear them because the music was so loud. Like, it was just a very weird, it was a weird choice there. But either way, she, you know, she kind of comes back to, comes back to when she looks at him and he looks at her and, you know, they're kind of giving each other the googly eyes and stuff. And I'm like, yes, this episode is getting better already. So they go back to the house. Basically, they discover that there's no alcohol in this, you know, giant house. And Electra's like, you know what? We are treating ourselves out to a dinner. I'm taking Mm -hmm. my daughters out. Which, again, I just... Electra this season has been, like, one of my favorite things about this season. I love, love, love her character growth throughout this season. Her and Poppy just... Wow. But especially her, even more so than Poppy. I think Electra, I mean, she's become one of my favorite characters. And I wouldn't have seen that coming at the end of season one. I Definitely not, because... Oh, she was getting on my nerves. She was rough. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and the way she was, like, treating Blanca and stuff, it was just... It was bad. I was like, yo, chill out. But she's she's been great this season. Mm Mm-hmm. So I loved it when she took them out to dinner. They get there, you know, they get settled in and stuff. Of course, people are giving them the eye because... Electra, being the bougie that she is, has chosen a very white, you know, restaurant to go to. So there are only black people in there. And, uh-huh. you know, people are kind of looking and stuff, but they don't care. They sit down, they order their, you know, food, you know, they're they're, they're balling out or whatever because Electra got money. Like, just why didn't I become a dominatrix? I don't know. There's still time. <laughs> Girl. Like every time I every time I think about Electra, I'm like, you know, she was just pulling that thousand dollars out of her like cufflink. I was like, hmm. I feel like I went the wrong way with my career choice. Like I said, there's probably still time. <laughs> I don't know how Demetrius will feel about a change of career for you at this point. I'm just saying. I don't know either, but Go that, that money prosper. is very, very tempting. <laughs> so she, you know, they get there, they settle down and everything. Um you know, they got a few drinks in them and stuff. Uh, Blanca gets up, goes to the restroom, and Lulu, you know, Angel, Electra at the table. So, <laughs> white lady decides to walk over. <sighs> it's just, why don't white women you just mind just their own there. business? Like, just You should have just sat there and ate your food. Electra gives the read of the century. So, this white lady walks over and stuff, and she's like, you know... Excuse me, basically saying, you know, that, you know, you guys are just, you know, being loud and boisterous and it's really, you know, interrupting me and my friends because I'm a frequent patron here and I don't want to hear your cackling voices and blah, 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 blah. And so Lulu and Angel, who already know what's up, are looking like, ooh, Electra, just let it go, girl. Just, it's all good. Let it go. And Electra's like, don't let it go. Yeah, Electra's like, uh uh, wait a minute. You know, we're no louder than no one else in here. So why don't you just tell me? what the real issue is like what's your real problem because Electra already knew what it was she just wanted to see if she was bold enough to say it and the lady's dumb enough to actually say you know well I go to the city and I know three men in dresses when I see one and I'm like oh no 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 like the first time I watched it I was literally I was literally sitting in front of my tv like no you just you just messed up Electra stands up and I'm like oh lord she about to read the hell out of this bitch like and she did she I mean just I can't even repeat it or say it in the same way that she said it. It was just so epic. So you you guys have got to go to like YouTube and just look up the read because it is iconic. Like she just drug her scrunchie. She said that she, you know, just because she's grew up with a rich, in a rich family and, you know, had a little boyfriend and got her bad fate pretty for abortion doesn't mean that she's a real woman and she don't know who she is. And she stops in the middle of the read 
puts her pointer finger in the woman's face, <laughs> turns around and gets a glass of water. And <laughs> Lulu and Angel had me dying in the background because I'm always paying attention to like stuff in the background. And so right. <laughs> Lulu's like, you know, take a minute, lubricate. Now read that bitch. <laughs> It was perfect. It, it was, was so perfect. great. And I mean, oh Angel's God. like snaps in the back. She's just like, <laughs> she's snapping between like every read. And I'm like, oh my God. This That moment like is in my top five of favorite moments in this series so far. Oh yeah. Like my it, sister. It may possibly one of my, be one of my favorite moments from television across the board this year. It's definitely in my top five. It's, it's, so it's, it's one of my favorite moments. I'm like, because she got what was coming to her. And then Electra sent her on on her little way. And she, like, cowered. Like, her tail was in between her legs when she went back. And I'm like, good for you. There was a white guy that's sitting at the table beside them. And I was laughing at him so hard because he was looking like he was trying to mind his business and stay out of it. Like he was back there just cutting his steak and looking like, mm-hmm. yo, she is burning you up and I am going to turn around and not say a word. And like the lady's friends are in the background just looking like, oh my God. Like, I mean, they did not come to her defense. They didn't even want to try. Like they at uh, least knew, no point. they knew their place. Like sit down, shut up, eat your food, mind your business. There was no point in even getting in that because they would get red next and then everybody would just be feeling stupid. Listen, it was great. I'm surprised that, I mean, Electra should have just went over there and just snatched the tablecloth off their table or knocked their food <sighs> over something because that, number one, that would no. fit right into her person. Like, then why they get not? put out. And she started to do it too later on. They were like, oh, you forgot your classic table knocking over. She's like, wait a minute. I can go back and do some more. And they're like, nah, girl, we good. No, no, you know, we don't do stuff. It was uh-huh. a perfect moment though. Like the best. It was. I love it so much. So meanwhile, while Electra is in there just giving this woman a business, Blanca walks out in the hallway and who does she see but the sexy lifeguard, whose name is Adrian. And he's on the phone with his grandma, like saying, oh, you know, I made sure I put on, you know, sunscreen today. I'm taking care of myself and stuff. And they turn around and he is just instantly like super flirty with her, Mm -hmm. like really into her. And I'm like, again, like, yes, like I, I just I love it because I've been wanting her. I just want Electra, not Electra. I want Blanca to just have some things for herself. Exactly. Like so much of her her life and her world revolves around, you know, her children and revolves around helping everybody else or whatever. And she's said it multiple times that she wants to be in love and wants to have a real relationship. And the only, the closest that she's really, that she ever really got was that one episode where the guy was, you know, had hit her on her and stuff, but he was sleeping with everybody and turned it out, turned out to be a dog. So, Uh you know, we've never seen her on a date. We've never got a chance to see her in that element before. So I was, you know, I was feeling really hopeful at this point, like, yes, yes, yes. And he was like, you know, oh, I want to take you for a walk under the moonlight. He was like, you know, I die happy man to see you under that, under that light. And I'm like, oh. I am just, I was a sucker for that whole moment or whatever. Like, I'm like, yes, come on. So she goes back. She tells the girls, you know, what happened. Electra's like, and Electra, again, makes a valid point. She's like, you know, I don't know if you should be walking off with this man in the middle of the night. You know, it's not safe for girls, especially women like us, to go trailing off with a man at night. You know, but Blanca's like, you know, I got to take this chance. You know, I, I like it. I like him. I like the way he makes me feel. And the next thing you know, everybody just pulls weapons like out of their purses and i'm like see these these are the real friends that you need in your life like (laughs) they they pulling out knives and everything like that like they're gonna make sure their girl got something to take this dude down so you know blanca and the guy go on a walk it turns out he's 
in school studying medicine to be a doctor and you know he asked her about you know well, what are your goals and your aspirations and she says well you know I've always done nails and I had a nail shop but it burned down and he offers his condolences and uh and then she's like you know it's just hard to rebuild and stuff she was like but you know she starts talking about you know how the community will have her back and you know how it's hard to do things outside of her community and stuff and She's trying to, you can tell she's trying to drop hints kind of cautiously mm-hmm. because she's not really sure if right. he knows that she's trans or not. You know, so again, it's that, it's that constantly having to be on guard and cautious because it's like, okay, I'm out here on the beach by myself with this man. I don't know how he's going to react. So I'm going to go ahead and just drop, you know, kind of drop this news on him now and see what happens. But he's like, you know, I already know. And I don't, you know, and I don't care. And she's like, well, have you ever dated a woman like me before? And he was like, no, but I think you're, you know, vibrant. I think you're beautiful. I think you're sexy and I want to kiss you. And they kiss. And I was like, I'm just a sucker for it. It just, if I had time to write fan fiction, I could just spit off so much wonderful fan fiction from this little. Don't, don't fall into the hole of trying to write fan fiction. Oh, this little union. I spent enough time reading it. So I know I ain't got no time to be writing (laughs) But if someone Look. out there has the time and wants to write some like Blanca and uh, Adrian fan fiction, I will be more than happy. Please send it my way. Send it both of our ways because I feel like we both will be into I'd that. It. It'll be reading. I would definitely be down to read it. I- I'd totally read it. Yeah, and she was just she was so cute when she was walking back up to the house with her shoes off, and she's just got that. You know how you have that that glow when you meet somebody and you're mm-hmm. really into them and stuff. And she's just like, ah, meanwhile, everyone else is panicking. Pep in your step. Right. Yeah. Everybody else is panicking because they think she's been like hurt or, you know, and I feel bad for her because she has been gone like all night long. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Electra's like, girl, what the hell you been? Like, we thought you had gotten kidnapped or something like that. We thought we was gonna have to call the police. And so, it, it, you know, I like the moment that they had at the table where they're, where she's talking about how he was a perfect gentleman and, you know, how he made her feel. And then she was like, you know, and he knows who, you know, knows who I am and he doesn't care. And it just makes me feel so good. And like Electra's smile at seeing Blanca's happiness over that, just that really, really got to me. I loved it so much. So beautiful. Like, (laughs) I just love the fact that Blanca gets to have, like, even if it's only temporary or whatnot, like just some happiness. Like I just... Happy looks good on her. It does. It looks so good on her. And so, the, you know, the whole episode was great for me. The only thing that got me was the ride home. So, I mean, they're having a good time. They're listening to some yeah. info. They bopping in the car and stuff. You know, Blanca feeling good. She didn't gave Adrian her phone number. Everybody's feeling refreshed and ready to head back to the city and stuff. Electra's still driving all over the road with them shades on like she can't see. And the next thing you know, she looks in the rearview mirror and there go Candy again. I was like... Pose. Let, this is exactly what we said was gonna let happen. Let go of her pose. Let go of Candy. I I love Angelica Ross, but let her go. Let it go. Is that exactly what we said that we did not want. This right. Is exactly what we got. I mean, just, and, and, just you know, go. we don't I, need to keep doing this. And I mean, I guess narratively, I kind of understand why Electra saw Candy because. She, I guess that was her moment of like closure with her that she really didn't get at the funeral, but it it would have been more impactful if Candy hadn't already popped up like two or three times before that. Uh-huh. Like she's popping exactly. up with Pray Tell. She's popping up with this person and that person. You know, this is like the sixth time we've seen Candy. I'm like, yeah. I mean, if she gonna keep showing up, y'all could have just left her there and just let her been alive. 
pretty much like what let, was let go of candy pose so i i feel like this is probably the last time we'll see candy apparition come popping up or something like that but and it was very it was kind of creepy the way that it happened too because she was like staring like deeply into the camera and you know singing the song and stuff like that it was just it was very very it just it was odd and it felt real out of place yeah i don't even like i didn't even notice it the first time i had to go back later and watch it did i get to watch this episode no it was the next episode that i didn't get to watch live um yeah, I had to go back because you were like, why do you keep bringing up candy? And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, you didn't see candy? I was like, nope. Apparently, it's my brain telling me that I did not need to see candy in that particular moment. Yeah, None of us need to see candy. You block candy out in your brain. Stop. Stop bringing her back. Cut it out. Let go of her pose, please. That's the only complaint I had about the whole episode. Like, And I like, I love the end, too. They get back to Blanca's apartment, her and uh, Angel. And Blanca's like, you know, stay over tonight. You know, keep me company. I'm feeling kind of lonely and stuff. And Angel's like, you know, yeah, sure, no problem. And her, you know, being like a kid would be, she's like, you know, ooh, mom, you got a new boyfriend now, Adrian. You're going to be going out there to see him and stuff. And she's like, look, you even got a voicemail. And she's like, oh, that boy probably ain't going to call me. Right. I ain't really worried about it and stuff. And it is him on the voicemail. And I love when Angel's like, ooh, bitch. Ooh. Mm-hmm. He sounds sexy. <laughs> But he leaves the voicemail and it's so sweet. He's like, you know, want to make sure you're okay. And, you know, I just want, you know, I was thinking about, you know, us walking on the beach and all that stuff. And I would have loved to hear more about the conversation that they had. Because, you know, Blanca's like, I'm about to call him back. I'm about to be on the phone for a couple of hours. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Don't cut the episode off yet. We need to hear some of this conversation. You could have just gave us a mini episode, which is her talking on the phone with this guy. And I take it. Like, give me that. But that was how the episode ended. So what were your, do you have any other additional thoughts about episode uh, nine? Uh, not really. I just love this episode. It, it, even though it didn't really tie much to what else was going on in the season, maybe not. It depends if you squint. Um, but I really loved it. It's just a one-off. Just seeing them having fun and just enjoying each other's company and, you know. The read to end all reads was amazing. And this is probably one of my favorite episodes this season, to be honest. And we've talked about how this season is just not really, to us, ain't really hitting like that. But I really love this episode. It's probably my favorite episode this entire season. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't even know if it's necessarily that the that the season isn't, like, good, so-called. Like, I, I definitely, there were a lot of things that happened this season that brought up necessary conversations. And that, you know kind of pull back the curtains on this community in deeper and different ways. So I appreciated that a whole lot. I think my main thing was with it was just the cohesiveness of it. You know, we talked about that yeah. before, how season one did all of that, but then everybody's stories kind of flowed together and it made sense. Things just felt disjointed this season. Yeah. Um, and so that was the thing that really kind of get us. So, you know, don't try to drag us on Twitter saying that we said post season two was bad. That is not what we're saying. No, we're saying that as far as it flowing together and the cohesiveness of it, it definitely doesn't flow as well as the first season does. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's a show that's still learning and growing and trying to find its footing and stuff like that. So, you know, you get it. And a lot of times when you have such an excellent first season, you know, it's kind of like that sophomore almost like that sophomore jinx or whatever, where you're trying to Mm -hmm. come back and and try to keep that momentum going and stuff. And overall, I still think that the show is great and I still love the show dearly. It's just, you know, season two, I just didn't, 
get as into it yeah. as I did with season as into it as I did with season one. You know, like season one, I will watch multiple times. That like this season has its ups and downs, but right like, this not... season, I feel like there are just like certain episodes that I like to watch. Like this, like episode nine, I could watch that one over and over and over again. I love this episode. Like it's it's definitely my favorite this season. But as far as watching the whole season, nah, I probably wouldn't watch the whole season again. I probably no. would just go back and like watch the episodes or go back and kind of pick out the moments that I really really love about it. But again, I mean, I, I you know I I love the show. I appreciate as you know its importance and and the conversations and stuff that it's bringing up, and it's definitely necessary and needed. You know, on TV for sure. So episode 10, we get a time skip to 1991 and I'm almost immediately mad from the beginning. Like I'm mad that Blanca is having to run her nail business out of her home because Frederica burned her freaking shop down. I want to fight her. I'm mad because Blanca is not looking well and she's coughing and I'm like, wait, no, hey, listen, pose stop playing with blanca's life i'm not playing with you right stop it right now stop doing it right like stop it right now i don't like this i don't i didn't like it at all i was like soon as it came on i started immediately noping out of it i'm like nope 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 she's supposed to be on the couch watching tv or hanging out with adrian and instead she's working out of her house and sick and coughing like she's about to just croak over no then you know she has the reunion so she's in her in the house client leaves knock at the door it's pray tell and so this time skip went, was what, about eight months or so, right? I think so, yeah. So I'm like, her and Pray Tell reunited. Right. I'm like, first of all, it took y'all a long time to make up. Like, I feel like their relationship is stronger than that. Yeah. That they wouldn't go a whole eight months and not talk to each other over that. And then, you know, it also made me sad too, because I'm like, so that means Blanca hasn't been at the balls. Yeah. So she's been pretty much isolated and throwing herself into work. You know, the kids are still gone and she's been pretty much isolated and throwing herself into work this whole time. And she's not doing well. And I'm like, is anybody checking on her and making sure that she's okay? Like, you know, pray is the first person that really brings up like, yo, you need to go to the hospital because you're sick. And I'm like, Angel, what are you doing? Like, she should be over there at least a couple. Like, they should be having dinner every now and again. They right. like, it's not like Angel, you know. I mean, the they live in the same city. Like, remember. it's not like Angel and Poppy, like, moved to another, like, state or something. That's my point, is that they're in the same city. They right. could at least be having dinner together every now and again. Right. And, I mean, I'm really surprised that Angel didn't, because I feel like if Angel would have said, hey, mom, you're not looking real well. You don't seem like you're feeling well. You need to go get checked out. I feel like Blanca would have listened to that. Yeah. So, I'm just really surprised that it's she's not been doing well for so long and that, Pray tell was the first person to really kind of call her out on that. Yeah. You know, more so, you know, like she's, you know, seemed to be on, you know, she's on good terms with Electra and, you know, with Lulu and stuff. And I'm like, so Blanca's there for everybody when they got and stuff going on and nobody's been there for her. So I was already like heated. I'm like, this episode been on for six minutes and I'm mad already. Like, yeah. I'm not like in 1991. I was not happy when I finally yeah. watched this episode. She's like, in the hospital. I'm like, mm, nope, don't like it. Don't want, not don't want fan. this at all. 
she's like talking about her will and like, and I appreciate that she was leaving a will, you know, and dividing up her assets and, you know, was thinking of her kids, even though she doesn't have much, she was still uh-huh. thinking about how she wanted to divide up things and thinking about her kids' future and stuff. So, I mean, I, I appreciated that, but I still just on a personal level, just didn't like it because I'm like, no, you no, you're not, you're not about to die in this hospital. Like this is not happening. And also I'm like, I'm uh, no, I don't like people going to the hospital and having near death experiences. Like we've had a lot of that going on. Especially after like the last episode ended on such a high note. To right. See her go from being happy to like almost dying. I, right. I'm not a I'm fan. Like, oh, why can't she just win? God knows. Like, and I actually got, I got a chance to ask, um, cause I was so fortunate and honored to get a chance to interview MJ Rodriguez who plays Blanca. And I was asking her about that. And she was like, girl, like she pretty much feels the same way that fans do about that she was like I mean that's what I want for Blanca I just want her to be happy and healthy and everything she was like but you know the real the realist the realist of it or whatever is that her life is a representative of so many trans women's lives who mm-hmm. changed other people's lives uplifted them built them a platform but were never able to get to the things that and access and do the things that they wanted to do themselves you know, yeah. she was like, so, I mean, there's a, there's a realistic take in there. She was like, as much as we want her to win because we love her as a character and stuff. She was like, it's the type of story that needs to be shown because that's, that's our reality, you know, for, yeah. she was like, for so many of us. So, I mean, I under, I understood that, you know? I mean, I'll allow it, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. don't really have a choice, but I mean, it, it's the reality. So I'm going to go with it. Still makes me sad and ready to fight people. Yeah. I, you know, and I really, so what else? happened after that oh so the ladies come over to see Blanca in the hospital and I'm like oh there y'all are hey nice to see you so Electra Lulu Angel you know usual suspects come to see her pray tells there and they took pray tell to task in this scene and I was absolutely here for it because he was and like they should have yeah he's like you know where y'all hoes been at y'all ain't been at the ball lately and stuff like that and they were like uh you know first of all people are busy and got other stuff going on and they were like and second of all we're kind of tired of the way that things have been going in the ballroom and they electra really brought up a really great point she was like you know think about it she was like most of the categories now are catering towards you know men in the ballroom like the voguing and you know butch queen and all of that stuff like that she was like You know, the ballroom is something that we trans women built, but men are the ones that are getting all of the glory and shine out of it. I mean, you know, look at Damon, look at Ricky and opportunities Uh that they've got a chance to have that the girls haven't had a chance to have. And then she also brings up a good point, which I, you know, honestly, I I think I may have noticed it, but I never even really thought about it so much. Um, And it's something that me and MJ kind of talked about, too, about how we're just so socially conditioned to see certain things and not even really register Electra yeah. brings up the fact that all of the panelists are men. Are and so, men, yeah. Right. And so, and then when you've got them, you know, judging realness and stuff. So you're up there, you know, they got their little, you know, spyglass. They're examining your face to see if your skin is smooth and to see if you're giving, you know, realness and stuff like that. But they're judging these women so harshly. Yeah. And she was like, you know, we're tired of this. She was like, you guys wouldn't be able to walk a day in our hills and deal with the things that we have to deal with not only in society, but now we got to deal with this mess in our own community and yo, we're tired of it. And until something starts changing, we ain't going back. So you need to get together with your, you know, with your, with your fellow MCs and you need to figure something out. Yeah. Like you got to do something and you got to do something now or else like 
this is I wish they could have expanded on this longer than just one final episode of the season because this is a thing that could like be a topic that they could cover yeah over an entire season um, I agree and really really dig deep into it um because like depending upon how they did it like this is a thing that could like split their community up like not that I want that to happen but like that right. could be a part of the plot in a sense of like now you've got two balls and all that other fun stuff um that could have happened um so like it, it kind of sucks that this is like what they're talking about in the final episode. Although I love this episode, this is another one of my favorite episodes this season. Um, but I wish they kind of would have stretched this out a little bit because um, I think this conversation particularly is important. Yeah, and it, it definitely warrants more than one episode because for all we know, when they return back to when they return back for season three, it may just revert back to the way that it was before, and then everybody yeah. pretty much pretend like this whole conversation never happened. Exactly. So Preto gets together with with the guys and, you know, he brings it up. And I mean, they can't argue with it because it's the truth or whatever. But they try to figure out, you know, what do we do to try to, you know, make the girls feel more welcome and to kind of get a better understanding of where they're coming from. And they come up with the idea of actually doing a category where they just, you know, really tap into their feminine side and they walk up, you know, really walk the ball in their heels to understand what they go through and stuff. Um, at first I wasn't really on board with that idea because I was like, mm, oh, I don't know, but much. I actually liked the way that it worked out. I did too, actually, end. at the end of the day. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was. Um, I loved Electra's boot camp <laughs> where she was teaching them to walk. So she brings in Cubby and Lamar with their bougie selves. And of course they strutting in heels and Ricky. I'm like, okay, Ricky, I didn't know you had it in you. Like Ricky was I up there strutting in heels too. I was like, mm, cause Ricky always, I mean, he always plays, you know, so super, you know, masculine and stuff like that. So I love the fact that he was walking in the heels and enjoying it and getting a chance to tap into that feminine side. Um, of course, you know, I like Electra dragging Pray Tell once again because he always talking junk about somebody. Always dragging always. somebody. Talking about, oh, honey, your pumps need to be four inches or taller to step on this thing. And he was and up there walking like a baby giraffe. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I can't judge because I myself cannot walk in heels, but it was funny to see Pray Tell, like, affectionately taking down a couple of pegs. Yeah. He deserved well, I mean, that's kind of been a ongoing theme of this season, too. It like, really especially after, you know, Candy's death and stuff like this. Just kind of him coming to terms with the way that he's treated some people. And also, like you said, being taken down a peg or two. I mean, it, it definitely hasn't hurt him. No, it hasn't. He'll be fine yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, because, again, you know, even when he, you know, storms off and stomps off outside, Ricky follows him. And, you know, I'm not I'm not into their relationship. Like that, like me and my sister were having a conversation about it. She's more on the side of, you know what? I may actually kind of like this. I'm not really into it like that. Um, but I love the conversation that they had outside and how Praytel opened up to Ricky about how he had to kind of really choke down and kind of, you know, push down his more feminine qualities and sides and stuff because of the way uh -huh. things were when he was growing up and everything. And, um, how scary it was for him to embrace being more feminine and Ricky kind of talking about the same thing where he's always had that pressure to be like, you know, the super macho dude or whatever, but how this experience and walking in heels and, and doing this makes him feel freer and that it's okay to tap into that part of him or whatever. So I appreciated that conversation. I liked it a lot. 
Oh, yeah. It was definitely a, adorable. <laughs> I also love the shoes, by the way. I kind of want all the shoes in this episode. Yes. That's neither here nor there. Um, it was an adorable conversation between the two of them, and definitely one that I think needed to be had. So, like, I loved that scene between the two of them. Even though I'm kind of with you, I don't really... Their relationship is weird. Well, I mean, again, you know, it's like we were saying in the last episode. I just... <sighs> I just, I see Pray Tell as a father figure in the community. And so I just, I find it just to be kind of mm, that he's, you know, dating someone who definitely, based on what we saw, like throughout season one and stuff like that, looked to him as a mentor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I even just... though they never like called him like father, like they call, you know, Blanca and, uh, you know, other people mother and stuff. Still, he was definitely mm-hmm. looked at as like a, like a like a mentor figure or whatever, so I yeah. I don't know, and I don't it know just, about ever really being on board with that. And who knows? I mean, they may skip time and they may get to season three and they're not together anymore. You know, you never really know what happens because at the I believe in this episode, Ricky said he was getting ready to go on tour with was it Paula Abdul? That's possible. I think so. I think that's who he said. So he's getting ready to go off on tour. Who knows if Ricky will revert to his old ways well, or, know you know, what happened the last time. He right. You know, so, I mean, we, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, short lived or not, but I, you know, I understand generally why they're together, you know, I mean, kind of that, you know, bonding over that experience of being positive and, you know, and, and trying to deal with that and navigate through that and stuff. And then pray wanting somebody to, you know, really be there to take care of them and, you know, wanting that love and stuff like that and that stability. Um, so, you know, I kind of get it from that point, but uh, I don't know about it, but I did like that moment of them mm-hmm. talking together and all of that stuff. And it was cute. Let's see what else happened in that episode. So they get all prepped. Um, they get ready for the ball and stuff. Blanca is still in the hospital. Um, preparing her way to get discharged out she seems to be kind of coming on the upswing a bit or whatever but you know even though it's still not looking great for her because she's in a wheelchair um so she's you know having trouble with walking i guess long distances and stuff and they're talking about how her you know her antibodies are low and you know she's been inhaling all of these you know fumes and stuff like that from the nail shop and it's basically really been making her sick and you know, now you double that over with the already kind of weakened immune system from having, you know, yeah. HIV. It's just, it's bad. Um, just crap on top of crap on top of crap. It is. And it's just like, can she catch a break? Right. So, but I love it when she gets ready to leave. I saw somebody standing at the end. Of, you know, I kept thinking throughout this episode that Adrian was going to show up. <laughs> I was really hoping. Like, I was hoping that somehow he was going to show up at the hospital and stuff. But it wasn't Adrian. It was Damon. Which still made me really happy. Because, yes. first of all, like, I just, every moment that Blanca and Damon have together just warms my heart so much. Like, I, I need a, a compilation video of just every moment they share together. Because they are just so precious. Like, he loves her so, so much. And, I mean, she just adores him. Like, that's her baby boy. You know? Such a ball of sunshine. They I love are, it. Oh my God. And he just dropped the flowers and went running to her. And he's just so concerned. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure probably felt a little bad too. Cause he's like, you know, I'm over in, you know, overseas living my best life. And my mom's been really going through it, you know? Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure now Damon, I'm sure he probably, if anybody was trying to like come home 
and help her. I'm sure it was him, but you know how Blanca is. She probably played it off like, oh, I'm not doing that bad. I'm fine. You know, enjoy yourself, live your dream and all this stuff like that. So they get a chance to talk. Damon just looks so different. He's grown so much. He has. Since the beginning, like when we first met him, he was just kind of this, you know, insecure boy who you know had this vibrant spirit that had been crushed by his parents and stuff and now he's really just grown fully into himself and he's so talented and i mean he looked kind of bougie too i'm like yes come bit, on yes. yes he was doing some twirls and he's talking about being in paris and you know going here and there and my favorite part was when he told blanca that he took the spirit of evangelista overseas and he is a house father because i literally said in the last episode that i wanted damon to be a house father one day i didn't expect it to happen this soon but i'm so here for it because that makes so much sense for his character or whatever you know for him to be saved by this you know this house in this ballroom environment and for him to take that and to take blanca's impact on his life and her spirit and take it overseas is just so awesome like if post decides they want to do a spinoff this is the spinoff to do, please. I want to see because exactly. I'd be really curious, and I feel like, I feel like you know, and I don't really know a whole lot about the history of ball culture in other countries, but I feel like it certainly had to be a thing. Um, and I'd really like to see a show that would explore that to see how it's different. Oh yeah, especially not only like you know him being just all the things, all the things of him like being a house father and being international and just you know being a generation removed from like, you know, Blanca's original house. I would really love to see her go over there with him. Yes. Uh, Once she gets healthy, that would be dope. I want her to travel so bad, like just to get a chance to experience that. Because again, she's talking about how she had never even really been to the beach. So I Mm kind of get the feeling that outside of that beach trip, Blanca really has never, has never really left New York city like that. Right. Right. I mean, New York City, for all the people you know, say about it, is a great city to be in if you're going to be stuck in one place, I guess. Um, but I would love to see her go over to Paris and like, or like go, like, even cooler, just taking, Damon taking her, not Damon. Yes, Damon. Yes. Damon taking her on tour with him for like a couple of dates. Right. So she can just travel around and see what he does. Because I don't think anybody, like at least it hasn't been mentioned that anybody has seen any of their shows. Damon or Ricky. Right. You know, so I'm Um, like, I would love for them to see that. Yeah. So many things that you guys can do in season three. So many great things. I'm excited. Like, just, just, what's the word I'm looking for here? Just kind of spitballing and brainstorming things that could happen in next seasons. Like, makes me excited to see the next season opposed, to be honest. It does. Because, I mean, I like the way that things kind of were ended here and were set up or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they get to the ball. Um, I love that Damon is like, you know, wheeling Blanca there as fast as he can. And she looks fabulous in all her red and her lipstick and stuff. I'm like, you go, girl. She still makes sure she show up looking good. Because I'm like, you know, a queen got to look good all the time. So, Uh you know, they run through the categories and all that stuff. Uh, Damon and Ricky have a little reunion. I love how Damon was just kind of like bougie again in this reunion yep. he's like you know oh yeah you know i'm just living my best life you know in paris and then i went here and there and i'm like yes let ricky know what he messed up where he messed up at like and what he is missing and what Please he's missing come on come on boom i really wish he could I really wish he'd have thrown like a relationship or something in his face but it's okay 
I, I'll take the travel and all of that stuff like that. And then that's when Ricky mentions that he's going on tour, you know, possibly with Paula Abdul, which I'm not sure when that happened. That just kind of came out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, uh -huh. but I mean, I'm happy for Ricky. So I don't know what that means for him and pray tell, but I'm happy for Ricky to still be out there trying to live his dream because he had kind of, I felt like he had kind of given up on that after he, you know, found out he was positive. Mm. Well, you know, I'm fairly certain somewhere between um, Blanca and why am I terrible with names today? Blanca and Electra, they're like, you know what? I understand you have these, you know, pretty much the same thing with everybody else who has a positive diagnosis on the show of like, look, this is not the end of the world. Right. Pick yourself up. Yeah, you gotta Continue live. to do things. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. Um, and uh, favorite part about the ball. First, Angel and Poppy just, ah, uh, again, all the squee. I love them so much like they're so freaking adorable their little like joint proposal to each other or whatever and i mean poppy just uh, you talking about a man like <sighs> this is a man right here like he because this is the episode right where and i want to make sure i'm not getting things mixed up this is when angel finds out that she's pretty much lost her okay so in this then this episode kind of b story here Angel has not been getting any work lately. Um, and she's not really sure why. So she goes to Miss Ford at the agency and asks, you know, like, yo, what's up? Like, I, you know, I was, you know, the it girl. I was laying all these spreads and stuff like that. And now things have dried up. It turns out that Angel ran into somebody from the ball and they spread the word about her being um, a trans woman. And so basically all of her potential contracts and ongoing things got pulled. Poppy is like, we'll have none of that. Angel's like ready to give up. She's done. I'm she's like, you know, in the background, by the way. Yeah. She's if you, if you hear that noise. <laughs> like Poppy's like, we'll have none of that. Angel's ready to give up. She's like, you know, disappointed. She's like, this is it for me. I I'm surprised I even made it a year because things like this don't happen for girls like me. And Poppy's like, nah, like you're a star. You're destined to be a star. We're going to make this dream happen. And Poppy gets out, stars his own little agency. Like I love Poppy's hustle. He just, uh -huh. he's everything to me. So he gets out, he's hustling. He's giving out his cards to everybody and stuff and talking about how he wants to represent women like Angel and be upfront and get them the opportunities. He manages to go into Miss Ford's office and him and Angel broker a deal with this lady and he gets Angel a job over in, what was it, Prague? I believe so, yes. Oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> that, that whole thing was just so crazy to me, but I love it so much because that's love right there. Poppy is that dude. Like, get you, a man like, that dude. get you a man like Poppy. Everybody needs a partner like Poppy. Just straight get up unconditional love, ride or die. Like, he will go to bat for his lady in a heartbeat or whatever. So... They're at the ball. He tells her about the, the gig that she booked. And she's so excited because she's like, you know, I, these people, you know, know about my, you know, know about my background and they don't care. And I can still have a career and it's all because of you. And she tries to propose to him and he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to propose to you. <laughs> and they just, you know, so ask each other to marry each other. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, pose, listen to me. You better give us the wedding. Uh, I'm yes. not playing with y'all. Do not go skipping in time talking about Poppy and Angel been married for a year and we don't get a wedding. Or otherwise, I'm coming to the FX headquarters and I'm going to have to speak with someone. I will write. Janet Mock, I will be harassing you on Twitter if we don't get this wedding. Give us I the wedding write. that we did. I mean, can you imagine how fun and epic their wedding would be? 
with all these people from the ball. Like and probably like all of her modeling friends. Oh, right. God. I mean, you're talking about just it would be an epic. A, so epic, much drink, so much dancing, like just the most epic of times. And I'm gonna need for Blanca to be able to dance. Yes. Please, Lord. Please, if there is a God, there is a God. To me, at least. But, like, I, I need it. I need all of the things. I need the big, huge wedding in the ballroom with everybody there mm-hmm. and all dressed to the nines and all of that stuff. I need Angel in the big, poofy white dress and Poppy. Poppy's probably going to wear a white suit. Like, I can see that now. Yes. Like, I can totally see him wearing a white suit and just wearing a white suit and being fine oh, in the process so of wearing fine. a white suit. Um. I just need all of it and everybody being able to dance and no drama whatsoever. Like I, I need it. Like Pose, give it to me, please. Oh please, my God. Pretty, that would please. be so amazing. And I, and you know, I think it would also be a good opportunity too, to kind of explore more of Angel's life and backstory. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, she's presumably has family that's, you know, somewhere nearby. I mean, she mentioned her father. So I'm like, what, what's her relationship with him now? Is he, you know, if he's still alive or whatever, would she want to invite anybody from her life to, you know, to be a part of this experience that was, you know, before she left home or whatever. So it would be a kind of a cool opportunity to explore that too, if they wanted to do that. Yeah. We could have an entire Poppy and Angel wedding episode where like, you yes, go, you meet both of their families and it could be great. Oh, it could be great. I want it. Give it to us. That's that's what we want. We're just making a list of things we want in season three. And that's one of them for sure. So I love mm-hmm. that. And then I want to ask you about this. And I made sure oh, I Lord. asked MJ about it. So at the very end of the episode. No, wait. Before I get there, we got to talk about Electra and her being the MC. Being, it was the moment that I didn't know that it I needed. It was the best. Oh, she was okay. so amazing. So become you know judge for people, me. Yes. Okay. So you, I'm getting there. So you know how they do sometimes. Like there'll be a meme that happens on the internet somewhere, and then somebody like on the Instagram or on YouTube will like make a beat and then put that meme, whatever line it is, over a beat yes. and make a song out of it. Yes. Okay. I need them to do that with "Come Judge for Me." There's like, one on I YouTube. Need it. And it's like a house beat that they got come judge for me over. And I like that one. I found it on YouTube today. Because like, <laughs> I've been looking. I'm that. like, yeah, because she's like, come judge for me. Come judge I for me. I'm like, ooh, yes, I need this. I need it. I was watching it uh, that night. I ended up not being able to watch it live for reasons we'll talk about later. And then when I saw it later, I was like, I need that as a beat. Like, I need that song somewhere in my life. Ace Appington, please and thanks. Thank you. Same. Um, so I'll go back and find it. I love it so much. So she was great. And I love, when she, the, I mean, just, you know, her doing the come judge for me and calling the girls up and them just posing and just looking fabulous as they came up there. God, they looked great. Oh my God. Angel's red dress. She looked amazing. Like, and then they had, uh, you know, uh, Kim P- uh, Pendavis and a couple of other people. And, and it's just, uh-huh. it was so great. And I loved at the end when she gave props to Blanca. That part made me feel a little teary-eyed. I'm not going to lie. Because she was like, you know, I feel like, because Electra won Mother of the Year. Um, and she was like, you know, Which, I feel... Which... Right. It's a little weird for me because she's been a mother before. And, I mean, I don't know how the rules go. So, I mean, she does have a new house. So, I guess she is a new mother. But... Well, it's not necessarily for new mother. Because remember, Electra said she had, like, in season one, she said she had won, like, six or seven years. 
So it's okay. basically whichever mother sense. is like at the top or probably the mother that has like the most, you know, winning house basically ends up being or the house that or the mother that makes the biggest impact within her house is probably the one that ends up taking top prize. Yeah, but I would have loved to have seen Lulu get it. But that's neither here nor there. That's what I I'm, wanted to. I was hoping that Lulu would have gotten it or whatever. But then I can kind of see how she didn't because Lulu spent a lot of time just kind of wandering around this season. She did. I'm like, she girl, did quite a bit. you're supposed to be a house mother. What, what are you doing? <laughs> Where are her kids at? Do we even She's know out her? there, like, you know, putting, I don't even remember f- putting her kids big condoms on houses and at the beach. And I'm like, <laughs> what's going on, Lulu? I don't know. So, yeah, she, she was like, you know, Blanca should have, Electra says that Blanca should have really been, you know, mother of the year. And then she congratulated her on, you know, making her daughter become a model. And, you know, her son's a businessman. And her other son is, you know, a choreographer and a dancer. And she was like, you know, I don't know a better person. And I'm so glad to and proud to call her my daughter. And I was like, oh, because again, I mean, it's just they've come so far in their relationship. Uh-huh. You know, I love it so much. And she says, come judge for me, daughter. I was like, don't make me feel feelings. Right. I don't want to feel feelings. I'm. <laughs> I've had enough of feelings. Please, please stop. Yeah, so that whole thing was great. I love that. Um, Cubby and Lamar look fantastic. But I kind (laughs) of knew that they were going to show upstage all the mother people. Because that's just what they do. Like, they ain't a nail bit of good. They are some house hopping, just shady people. But No loyalty having. They can walk. And they can vogue. They be voguing the. They be voguing the house down. Like yeah, they really, really do. So I enjoyed that whole scene and getting a chance with them to walk in. Uh, Pretel was giving off some candy vibes. He kind of looked like candy when he was coming down. You know, coming he down did. there. I was like, like with the big okay. hair and everything. I was like, all right, all right. I see, I see you. it. I liked it. He looked good though. He looked good. And so the very end. This is what I want to ask you about. So, um. Blanca does candy because the candy, you know, now there's like candy. It's called candy sweet refrain, right? Uh It's the whole lip cinching thing that they do or whatever. So Blanca goes for that. And she chose to do uh, Whitney Houston's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. How do you feel about her singing that song in particular? Uh, I mean, I don't mind it. I see what she was doing and it was a good performance. I will give her that. It's just a weird song. Right. And I think maybe it kind of hit me kind of weird because of a lot of the conversation that's been going around the national anthem in the past couple of years. So I kind of had to remove myself out of it and think, okay, first of all, this is back in 1991. Um, And Blanca clearly has a strong affinity for Whitney Houston. Uh, Yeah, we've heard Whitney in the background before. She chose, you know, Whitney's song for Damon to dance to when he did his audition. So, and I could see Whitney being somebody that she would idolize and, you know, and kind of look up to and everything. Um, So I kind of got that or whatever. But MJ was saying that, you know, she felt like Blanca probably chose the song because even though it's kind of got, you know, it's got a different connotation for her because she feels like she's, the, really the true epitome of what it means to be an American and what it means to build a successful life and to be a success as a, as a mother, you know? Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. I thought that was kind of interesting when she was looking at it from that perspective, but I thought it was an interesting song choice. Still really liked it though. What got me, and I love the end when everybody was dancing and having a good time. I like that it ended on a high note. Um, yeah. And so Blanca's out on the, you know, out on the on the street or whatever, and she finds these two kids that are adorable, 
and you know they look hungry and they look like they've just kind of been through it and she invites them to eat out with her and pray tell so it looks like there's going to be another generation in the house of evangelista which i'm i loved that scene i'm so glad much. to see it some people are like uh, no but i'm like you know it doesn't just because those kids are there doesn't mean that we're gonna lose angel and poppy and damon i mean they definitely could still play a role in the narrative you know yeah but i think they will yeah and it's, um, it's realistic like that's what houses do they help people get on their feet and kind of reach their potential and stuff. And then yeah. you continue to help folks. It's like, it's like what Pray Tell said in the very first episode, these kids are coming into the city every day because they've been yeah. rejected by their parents and they need a home. And that's what we're here for is to give them a home and give them a community and a family that they don't have. Yeah. So it it's makes like, sense. It's kind of like high school where like every four years, there's a new class of kids coming mm-hmm. and a new class of kids graduating. And, that's, like it's just, and I, and that's I just like that you said is. that because that's what MJ said. She said, it's almost like she sent, Poppy and Angel and Damon off to college, and now she's starting over with a freshman class. Yep. Yep. It's going to be fun to watch the new kids come in. Maybe some younger kids that'll last longer than two seasons. So right. I don't have to. Yeah. And I mean, and they are young because I think they said they were what? 13? It looked like they were about in high school. One of the, I think the girl said she was 13, I believe. So they're, they're young, you know? I like It'll it. be fun to watch. You know I what really wait. got me this episode? Okay. <laughs> So when, when Blanca was talking to Nurse Judy and stuff, she said she was 30 years old. Wow. And I thought Blanca was in her mid-30s. So I don't know how old you thought she was, but I had her pegged to be a few years older than what she was. I was correct. Um, and, and I think both of us said that, that we thought that Praytel was in around his mid-40s. Um, uh-huh. So I was correct with that. And I think we were correct about Electra being probably in her early to mid-40s, close to Praytel's age and stuff, too. Right. But I didn't realize. And I guess now looking back, because when you think back to that flashback where Electra and Blanca first met, it kind of makes sense for Blanca to be a bit younger then, but it's, it, it, yeah. it makes her even more amazing because I'm like, wow. So that means when this show started, she was 26 years old. Yeah. And that's... she was, you know, getting this diagnosis and trying to form a house and trying to, you know, you know, be a mother to the, you know, be a mother to these people and stuff like that. And so that means she met Electra in when she was like 21. Yeah. So I'm like, wow. And that means she's really not that much older than Angel. No, she's not. I've always assumed, like, as much as Angel is one of Blanca's children, I've always kind of assumed that they're closer to sisters anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think they um, do have a more sisterly bond because they were sisters yeah. at the House of Abundance. So Right. So I've always kind of seen them as two people that are about the same age and then everybody else kind of in the house is a little bit younger than them versus, like, Blanca being the older Right. She still be older. Right. But, like, See, I, probably- I thought that... I felt like they were close in age, but I still, for some reason in my mind, I was thinking that Blanca had Angel by like a good four or five years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like I, I was thinking, thing, yeah, like I was thinking that, you know, Angel's a little two. bit, you know, late twenties, early thirties or something like that, that Blanca was maybe mid thirties. And then, well, we know how old Damon is because I mean, the timeline of the show puts him at being, cause he started out 17. So, I mean, mm-hmm. now he's 21, you know? four years later. Right. So, I mean, we know exactly how old he is. And then I just kind of assumed that Ricky's around his age. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that was interesting to me. Um, It'll be a fun season next season when it comes out. I can't wait. So, and another, I guess the other thing that kind of disappointed me 
again was the Adrian thing. Like, what happened? Yeah. So we just that's... not gonna ever get the answer to what happened. Like, I mean, did they date for a while and it just didn't work out? You know, did it he just... turn out to not be the guy that she thought he was? Will we ever see him again? I'm like, ah, uh, why would you? Why would you introduce us and like dangle that carrot in front of us and then just take it away? I don't quite understand. Um, I hope he comes back, but. I would love to like count on him coming back, but I'm not because I don't want to even set myself up for that type of disappointment, to be honest. I know. It makes me sad. Do you think there's yeah. going to be another time jump? I sure hope not. I'm very, I'm kind of tired of the time jumps. Yeah, they're moving, they moving hella fast. I'm like, well, slow your roll. Because, I mean, Ryan Murphy has already said that he wants to end the show around 1996. And I'm like, dude, slow, slow down. Slow down. Like, there's a lot more story to tell. And like you were saying about some of the, you know, suggestions that you had and things that you'd like to see and, you know, and, and me kind of saying the same thing. There's so much there to explore. Like, yeah. I just don't want to, I don't want it to be rushed through. And I mean, I feel like if shows that aren't that great can stay on cable television for six, seven seasons, Ever. why not let Pose stay on when Ever. it's something that people need to see and it's something that's relevant and that's really changing the face of television, you know? Yeah. Television will never be the same. I, like you said, there are some shows that have gone on forever and are still on forever. I think we've talked about how I just am ready for Grey's Anatomy to be over. Let it go, ABC. (laughs) It's been on like, what, 16 seasons or something? Shonda Rhimes is like hanging out on Netflix now. Like, just let it go. Right. Um, but, like, I want Pose to be around for a little bit longer. So, like, if we could not skip ahead another eight months. We can actually go back and, like, go back before Blanca got sick if that's what you really want to do. Although that would be weird. But, like, can we just stop fast-forwarding through time? Yeah, I mean, if there were going to be a time jump, I would say maybe, like, a month or two. Yeah. not a, I think not, that would be good because years. that would give... That would show, you know, then they could kind of come into season three and show that, you know, oh, these kids have, you know, been with Blanca for a couple of months and she's teaching them this and, you know, hopefully she's, you know, doing better and, you know, and out of her wheelchair and all the stuff like that. And that would be a good place to kind of, you know, kind of pick up and, you know, maybe Angel and Poppy have traveled for a little bit and then they're in the midst of like doing some wedding planning and, you know. And maybe Damon's doing, you know, he's back in New York because he's, you know, doing some choreography or doing something like that. So that'd be a good way to kind of bring everybody back together because now the kids are all over the place. Like they're all over the world and stuff. Give me my wedding. Just give it to me. That's Stop playing with my That's emotions. the main thing I want. I'm like, I want Blanca to be better and I want the wedding. And I mean, I'm like, if y'all are going to give her a love interest, like, can we give her a love interest? Like, stop teasing us with... You know, oh, guy seems interested. Oh, never mind. He's just a player. Oh, this guy actually doesn't seem like a player and he's fine as hell. Oh, nope, never mind. We're just going to leave him in the past eight months ago. Yep. Like, stop doing this. (sighs) We'll see what happens. We will see. So that is it for our Pose recap. Now we will go right into our nostalgia recap. And I'm going to let you go first. Always. No, I've I've been going first a lot this season uh, it's been a couple of times that i've definitely gone first or whatever plus i'm also tired of talking right now and i want to drink I, some of my wine so oh <laughs> <laughs> the ulterior motives have come out i mean just just being honest 
drink some wine. Um, so literally like a couple hours before we started recording, um, I happened to go on YouTube and the first thing that I see is that there is a new trailer for Bad Boys 3. And it's great. I am so excited. Yes. Like, I was a little nervous at first because, you know, the first one came out so long ago and technically the second one came out kind of long ago as well. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. It has been quite some time since the second one, and like the second one was just kind of magical. Nobody was expecting it to be as great as it was, and it was freaking awesome. Uh, I love bad boys. And then when I heard they were doing a third one, I was a little concerned because you know Will and Martin Lawrence kind of getting up there now, and so it's just kind of like I don't know if I want to see two old dudes doing stuff. But then I saw the trailer, and oh my god, it looks so good. It still got the <sighs> what is Martin Lawrence's character's name? I'm terrible with names. You said what now? What is Martin Lawrence's character name? Oh, Lord, you got me forgetting. <laughs> you got me forgetting now. It's Mike Lowry. Lowry that's Will. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel so embarrassed right now because I cannot remember. The sad thing is, is I can't remember. His sister's name is Sid, but I can't remember what his name is. Right. Uh, um, uh, Marcus, anyways. Marcus, Marcus. Okay. I was so like, I was trying to gain onto an like, M name. I'm like, Mike Lowry, Mike Lowry, and Marcus. Uh. It still got the, like, brotherly going back and forth, like, type of humor between Marcus and Mike from both of the other movies, which I was really appreciating. Um, it definitely looks like a movie from 2019. Like, you know, if you go back and look at the first one, the first one kind of looks dusty because it's... It does. It's old, though. Back then. They, they did the best they could. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I still love that movie. Like, it, it just looks kind of dusty. And then the second one is great, but it looks like a movie from the early 2000s, which is fine. This one definitely looks like a 2019 movie, so it's nice and crisp and clean. Um... But, like, the humor is still there. There's even, like, them cracking a couple jokes on some younger agents or people that work in the department. Um, There's Sergeant, whose name I can't remember what his name is in real life. But, like, he's back being loud and just, like, anxious because they keep killing people and wrecking cars and stuff like that. It looks like there's about to be a new dramatic chase scene on the highway, which I can't wait for. Um, It just looks really, really good. So I'm excited about it. It looks Um, good, too. Right. I was concerned because like eh, sometimes the trilogies aren't that great and I don't necessarily know if you need a bad boys three, but sign me up. Like it looks if they can bring all this other stuff back and they can continue these other franchises and stuff, why not? Right. Sure. And I mean, you know, you guys know how we feel about Will Smith. So I mean if Will Smith's there, we are also there. Exactly. So we will be there. Uh it comes out in January. I will be not necessarily front row, but I'll be somewhere. I don't like it that looks... it comes out in January, though. Because January's kind of become known for the month that studios dump movies at when they don't have anywhere else to put them. But, see, I think that it's good that it's coming out in January because it won't have to compete with anything else. And I actually think it'll do very well. Yeah, they I do like that, thing. though. They did the same thing with Black Panther because they weren't, like... It wasn't around anything when it came out because February, like January and February are like the slowest months when it comes to theaters in general, but like the placement of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you can see, Black Panther dominated, which I'm really upset that the next one, I know this is not in the purview of our show, is coming out in May. I thought they were going to try to stick with February because um, that would have been dope. Right. Black, Black Panther Black in February. Yeah. Exactly. 
I know it's a little too on the nose, but I don't care. Um, Blade also needs to come out in February. So yeah, that's just me. Don't judge me. That's whatever. So if you haven't checked out the uh, the trailer yet, you definitely should because it's really, really, really good. It's good. Um, they, they did what they had to do. Um, and I'm excited to see the two of them back in action. Uh, Marcus is saying he's going to retire again, but he's pretty much been saying that no, since he's the first been saying movie, this is the so... first. <laughs> like, he's, he's not retiring. Stop lying, we'll, Marcus. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I was a little sad that, you know, Gabrielle Union is not coming back. Look, like I said, I know she's got a show and everything, and I've seen a couple episodes, and the show is good, but I kind of want her in the movie, too. I was hoping that she would come back, especially now that her and Jada have gotten past whatever beef they had yeah you know and they've kind of squashed all of that on the red table talk so i mean when they were talking about a bad boys three i was like oh well gabrielle will probably come back because you know her and jada on better terms and you know and all of that stuff or whatever so it's a possibility but you know i know she's got to do what she feels like is you know best for her i mean she's got a leading role on the show so i mean i guess that's where her focus is uh-huh the show is good, though. I, like I said, I've seen a couple episodes and it's really good. I haven't watched the entire season. And apparently it's supposed to be coming out with a second season of okay. their show where she plays Sydney. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, so far, so good, I guess. Um, uh, do I even want to mention? I am going to. So on the day we are recording, it is the Queen Beyonce's birthday. Yeah. Everybody knows and loves Queen Bee, and if you don't, then why are you listening to the show? Um, is <laughs> I love like this these last few years. I've loved her career for the longest. Like I'm mm-hmm. Destiny's Child fan and loved her first few albums. Um, but I'm loving like Beyonce now. She's grown. She's more comfortable with who she is, and it's just like this is me. You can like me or not. I'm still rich. <laughs> exactly. She's so unbothered. And I love the fact, I love how she just ignores like everything. pretty much most of everyone, like her fans, her haters. Like she just ignores everybody. It's great. She just be ignoring everybody. She don't say nothing. She don't do interviews. She's just like, this is what I'm giving you. All right. Okay. Bye. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but for her to have such control over her image and the way that she interacts with people and stuff like that and control over the way that her, life and her persona and stuff are projected out to the world like that's so powerful you know it is especially in today's world where everybody wants to be in everybody's business like she's probably the most famous person whom we think we know about their personal life but then we really don't don't know anything you know you think you know things but you really don't know anything right and i like that and and it's i wish more artists would kind of get used to that just not (laughs) Like, I understand there's a whole industry based on, like, tabloid photos and, you know, being in people's business about things. There's, like, an adorable video of um, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis that came out a couple months ago where um, (laughs) they are reading the tabloid headlines about each other in the car. Oh, God. (laughs) And they're just like, yeah, so apparently uh, we broke up and uh, Mila took the kids and yada, yada, yada. And he's just like, I didn't even know she took the kids, like... When were you going to tell me this? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and some people can make fun of it. It's fun of that stuff or whatever. But then for other people too, right. I mean, you know, they're human and it, and that's, that stuff exactly. hurts, you know? And I'm pretty exactly. sure she's probably read things and things have hurt her feelings and stuff like that. But she keeps all of that real, real close real to the cuff. Um, it's just, you know, people trying to sell magazines and get clicks and stuff like that. And that's really, 
that's really all it comes down to at the end of the day. So I'm kind of glad that, like, you know, she, like you said, is very in control of her career and very control of her image and stuff like that. And I just, I hope that more artists get like that, um, especially more black artists. They just kind of, you know, just take more control over right. what is out there. I, um, I mean, and Beyonce, so especially for folks that are around our age, I mean, she's such a, she's been such a part of our music experience exactly. for so many years now. I mean, she's been out for 20 plus years. I mean, that's most of our lives that she's been around. And I mean, we've gotten mm-hmm. a chance to really watch her grow from the very, very beginning yeah. and kind of seeing, like, like, you, like you said, what she's come to now and her, you know, like I've told people before, I mean, everybody has their different music tastes and stuff and that's fine. But I mean, just the appreciation for her artistry and for the time and care and passion that she puts into her craft, you know, when it comes to building a show or oh, doing yeah. a performance and stuff. I mean, I think that's something that is admirable no matter how you slice it. Like, I mean, if you just, I, I don't really understand. Well, I mean, I guess I do understand why some people hate her. Cause some people are just determined just to hate people because they can, but I mean, there's right. no valid reason to just say I despise her. Right. Because again, she doesn't, she works her butt off. She doesn't bother anybody. She's not out here, you know, starting fights and dragging people and, you know, and doing things that don't and saying stuff that don't make sense or any of that, you know? Yeah. She just kind of, she does her job. She does her she job and then she goes about her business. Hangs out with her family and then she goes home. She's on her, she's on her Sade stuff. I like it. Uh, big, big fan of that. Um, somebody needs to write a book on like the business of Beyonce because I think it would, it'd be great. Um, Anyways, most importantly, and my nostalgia recap. Um, so the reason I kind of threw away mentioned that I didn't get to watch the finale of Pose last two weeks ago at this point now. Um, and it's because I was in Raleigh seeing my favorite group ever, the Backstreet Boys. Um, I was originally not going to go because I didn't want to spend the money and I still probably shouldn't have, but I did. Um, and I had a bunch of friends that had seen them on this tour already and were like, Christina, you are going to kick yourself if you do not go. One, because like they're in the same state you are, but also like they're your favorite group and this is their best tour ever. Which I kind of just... <laughs> Somebody said that to me and I was just like, there's, okay, fine. Um, and ended up going and holy crap, it is their best tour ever. What, what um, city so was you, it in? Or what city did you so, see them in? So they were in Raleigh. Okay. Um, which I was surprised they weren't in Charlotte because they typically do Charlotte. But I think part of it, <coughs> Excuse me. Um, here's the thing that people might not recognize sometimes is the cities that artists go to is not just about like their market. It is about what their show needs. Um, like not every you know major concert venue is built the same and so if you can't if the building cannot support the stage setup and everything like that then they don't come to those cities that's something that they have to take into account when you know they're planning a tour um little like insider thing that i know so um they were in raleigh um their stage setup is huge it's like this big it's like a big flat stage and there's like a diamond piece that comes out of the front of it and there's two video screens and like flying in this in the air. Um, there's like a big photo like video wall on the back, um, and then these very weird lines. And that's pretty much the only thing that I can say. It's kind of like a picture frame, like the outside of a picture frame. And there's like six or seven of them, but they're all tilted at different angles, so they just kind of spread out. It's weird. I will post a picture on the Instagram on our. Um, Twitter page of what I'm talking about because the stage setup is crazy. Okay. Um, 
And so there's a pit and you can pay to be in like the little center of the diamond. Um, or you can pay to be on either side. So I paid to be on one side of it, which cost me a pretty penny, but it was well worth it. Cause I got some, some of the greatest pictures of the Backstreet Boys that I've ever taken in my life. Um, I can't wait to actually get prints and put them on things. Cause they're really great. Again, we'll put some on the Twitter page. Um, but the show was great. Um, uh, they incorporated a lot of the new music in with like the songs that they've been doing forever. Um, they even brought a couple of songs out that they haven't done in a very long time. Like that's the way I like it. And, um, we've got it going on, which is from their very first album. That's the way I like it. Wasn't even released in the United States, but everybody knows it. Um, if you're like a diehard fan, it's from one of their international albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a great show. Like, it was top to bottom, dancing, singing, sounding great. You could tell they were singing live. Um, there was one point where they did, they had this video of them. It was like they basically just remixed a whole bunch of their songs into one bigger song. Um, I'm debating whether or not I want to post that video. But at one point, it was like 30 minutes of just nonstop, up-tempo hits, one after the other after the other, all going into each other, which was great. Um, it was just a great show. Like, I don't... <laughs> their last tour, they're in a world like this tour. It was okay. Like, I'm going to be honest. It was just... I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are singing the songs, but I don't remember particular things that happened. Um, I remember, you know, this this show is so memorable. Got so many videos and pictures and stuff like that. Um, two of Two of the guys, you know how in shows they have to change outfits like between sets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what the boys do is they have like one person come out and start talking to the audience and saying, "Hey, thanks for having us, Riley. You know, you guys are a great audience." Blah blah blah. blah while the rest of them are changing. Okay, that makes so, sense. Right. Um, so they do that, and this tour, what happened each time they did that is a boy would sing like a little piece of a song on their new album because they, you know, they obviously can't do everything from every album because the show would be 18 hours long right so aj and kevin are out there and they're talking and i didn't realize that there were these two boxes on stage and so they're walking back to the main part of the stage and they're like so the rest of the guys are down down underneath the stage doing a quick change so we've decided that because it's us and we know that you're that we're your favorite backstreet boys which they are my favorite backstreet boys by the way um that they're just going to do their quick change on the stage in the little boxes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That's all I can say. <laughs> Which I was like, all right, so this is happening. <laughs> and sure enough, like a minute and a half later, you know, they're ta- they've are they got their microphones and stuff, so they're, you know, still talking and cracking jokes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they come out in completely different outfits. <laughs> and you're just like... I so mean, that happens. <laughs> that takes some talent, though. I'm not mad. So that's a thing that happened. That's okay. <laughs> I was kind of stunned for a few minutes because when I was on the wrong side of the stage, my favorite Backstreet Boy, which hurt my heart. Um, but okay. <laughs> Kevin is fine. Like the more pictures the, I've been looking at them, I'm like, God. Like, I mean, he's always been. So. But the, what is happening? Like, I'm like, he's getting, like, increasingly more fine. Right, as time so, goes on. I don't understand what's going on. It's like him, me, Keanu Reeves. Like, it's a group of men that I'm like, 
What's what's happening? Why are RDJ y'all getting more fun? Is on that list for me. RDJ, like, RDJ is, is at the top of my list. Is hell. I'm like, what not, is going on, like, Iron Man? Like younger him, I'm just like, eh, yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. But now it's no. just like. <sighs> Anyways, back to the task at hand. Sorry. So I don't know what it is about Kevin either, and the set. the The thing is that I don't. I have probably mentioned this too. He's almost fifty. Like, he's fine. He's like forty eight right now. Let me Google that. Mm-hmm. Like I, you would think I would know these things, but I don't. Um, because I don't like. At one point, I could literally rattle off every single one of their, like, birthdays and stuff like that, but I can't do that anymore. Um, 71. So, he's 47, 48? That would make him 48. 48, yeah. So, he's 48 now, right? Um, no, 47, because his birthday hasn't come up yet. So, 47. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he just continues to get finer with age. He went through a phase where his hair was like super long, like halfway down his back. And I was just like, you should not be able to pull off that hair at this age. But who was it the best thing ever? And he, he just doesn't, it's like he doesn't age, I feel like. Cause I don't think he's, he looks different. He looks the exact same. He does. But it's just like a different, it's like a different maturity to his look. Like he looks essentially the same, but it's just, I don't know. It's like he's also matured at the same time. But exactly. it just works. It's, it's the same thing with Keanu. Like to me, he looks yes. very much so still the same, but he still has a, a different maturity to his face where he's still fine. Like I didn't realize he was that old, to be honest. Mm. Like Ooh, I thought Keanu? he was probably in his late yes. I mm. thought he was in his like late forties, maybe. Not in his fifties, but he's fifty five and I'm just mm-hmm. like, wait. Yeah, I'm like, I am. Wait a minute. You are almost the same age as my daddy, but I don't care. <laughs> You're fine. We don't. <laughs> We're going to have an entire episode. Never mind. I'm not going to do that. I need to have um, a throwback thirst episode. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, you could just talk about that. I, that, that is, that is definitely, that's a, that's a brand right there. This all oh throwback thirst. Okay, so that's definitely happening. We're gonna, we're definitely gonna do that because I, if there's nothing else that I love talking about more, is thirst over whomever. Um, ooh, okay. So before I got off track, uh, like I said, best show ever. They sound great. They look great. Um, the show is like. So I don't know if I've talked about the degrees that I have, but I have a degree in live sound and lighting and music performance. So I know how to put like those big stages up and everything. I don't actually do it anymore because I don't really want to be a garage monkey. But um, like I know what goes into putting a stage together and designing a stage and making it go from like just a thought in your head to like an actual setup. And from a technical standpoint, this is probably the most impressive stage setup and show design that they have ever had. And like, I, I am so impressed. They're so, um, their choreographers are these guys named Rich and Tone. They've worked with, uh, Madonna and Michael Jackson and they've worked with the Backstreet Boys for a very, very long time. And so they let them do the stage set up and like plan out the tour and stuff like that. And they did such a wonderful job. Like they put their foot in this, like it just, I showed pictures of the stage setup and like the show to friends that aren't even Backstreet Boys friends like that. And they were like, 
that looks dope. Like, I would watch that. And it's so, so, I was super close. Like, I was so close that I was, like, one person from the barrier to the front of the stage. Oh, wow. So close that I could, like, feel the bass rolling and, like, slightly pushing me back because I was that close to the speakers. Like, I was really close, right? And me and my, like, Backstreet Boys group of friends have talked about if they do a second leg next year, uh, trying to go see them together. Mm -hmm. Because I've got, like, Backstreet Boys friends all over the country. And one of the things we mentioned, because we... My two friends, Kimberly and Angel, um, both did the DNA circle, which is a little pit in the middle of the stage. Um, One of the things we both mentioned is that we would love to see the show from further away, which I don't ever say that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but that's how you know somebody has a real interesting setup. Like, I feel that way about seeing Beyonce again. Um, Right. Because I I was like, I would love to be able, next time she goes on tour, I wish if I had the financial means to do it, I would like to be able to go Mm -hmm. like two or three times because there's so many different things to see and it looks different because she has like the two big screens that like open Mm -hmm. up and it would spin. And so people from different angles saw different things, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, dang, I want to see it from like at least three different angles. So that way, you know, so that way I can see. So I can, I can understand that. I was like, I want to see this from further back and like somewhere in the middle instead of off to the side just to take in everything. Because like there were lights and smoke and lasers and they had these like microphone stands that had lights in them and just. I want to see it again so bad. Like I, if I had the money, I would go see it like three, go see the show like three more times. And I'm not just saying that because it's the Backstreet Boys, although a little bit I am, but like the show in and of itself is that impressive. And whether or not you're like, a Backstreet Boys fan that only paid attention to them in the 90s, or if you're a Backstreet Boys fan that has kept up with them for the entire 26 years that they've been together, like, either way, you're going to have a great time. Um, It is so much fun. If you can see them or they're coming near you and you even just have, like, a little bit of an interest, just buy one of the cheap tickets and go, because I promise you, you will love it. It's such a great show to watch. And, again, it... Most... Kevin's pushing 50, the oldest one, the youngest one, I think, is now, I think Nick is now 40. But they are still out there dancing and singing their heart outs like they were 15. I love it. Like, yeah, anytime you can, you get a group, like a group like that together, multiple people, and you can still get along well enough to be able to go and get that bread together, and you're still like moving and sounding good and looking healthy and all the stuff like that. Like, I'm all for, I'm, I'm all here for it. Because how many groups can you really say that about? There's not that many. And, like, the thing is, the great thing about it is, is that, like, they have so much, so much content, so many things that they could put in their show. And, like, every single show is great. Like, just, just, just go see it. Like, if they're coming near you before the end of the year, just go see it. I promise you, you will have a great time. Like, I promise. If you don't, then that's just you. But I promise you'll have a great time. It's a great show. Just go see it um so yeah that's all i got okay uh i got a few things a couple of them won't take long my big thing was i went to dragon con and my sole purpose for going to dragon con so for those that don't know because i always have to remember that we've got uh people listening internationally dragon con is a like a comics you know, fantasy, sci-fi, gaming, just a whole big hodgepodge of like geek and nerd stuff type convention that takes place down in Atlanta, Georgia, um, which is a couple of states over from me. I 
have gone to Dragon Con maybe three times before. Um, usually when I go, because everybody knows I do like pop culture writing and entertainment journalism and stuff, I'm usually going to cover the convention. But this year I just went for pure fun. And I had one like mission when I went this year. I went for one day and I had one mission. mission. And my mission was to meet Freema. So you guys have heard me talk about her before. She was Amanita on Sense8. Um, she's currently playing Dr. Sharp on New Amsterdam, which is a uh, medical drama that comes on NBC. That's really, really great. Um, but I first really fell for Freema. Of course, you guys know I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. She was on Doctor Who um, in the late 2000s. She was the second companion that traveled with the uh, 10th Doctor. So I loved her because it was my first time seeing someone on the show. And it was the first time that the show had a full-time black person or a full-time companion that was a black person. So she was really kind of groundbreaking for the series. Um, and it took a while because the series had been out since, or the series made its debut in 1963. So for a lot of people, Freema became, was like it. Like, and a lot of people really love her. And she stopped doing conventions and stuff a few years ago. She just really wasn't doing them. There were a lot of people in fandom that, of course, you know how certain areas of fandom can be when you're used to seeing white faces and then you see a black face <laughs> occupying that same space. Some people don't like it. And so from what I hear, um, some people weren't necessarily the most friendly or kind to her at conventions. So she kind of pulled back from them, but she's gotten back into the convention scene. So she was at uh, Dragon Con this weekend and she was fantastic. I cosplay as uh, Martha Jones at conventions when I go often she signed my jacket, um, and then we also did a photo op together. She's very small. I don't know why I thought she was taller, but I'm taller than she is. That's crazy. Like she's tiny. That she's got to be like five. She's like she's got to be like five one or five two or something because I'm definitely taller than her because I had on flat boots. Her her character wears boots. Her character wears high heel boots, but I always wear flat boots because it's. Dragon Con and it's a lot of walking and I'm not about to walk mm-hmm. around no hills like that's just crazy. Gotta be comfortable, right? You know, so I wear flat black boots and she had on flip flops. So we were, I mean, and I was definitely talking to her and I was like, wow, I didn't know you were so small, but she was so sweet and nice. She, you know, asked me about my outfit and how I put you know everything together because I have like the actual jacket and I have the actual uh, shirt that she wears in the series. So she asked me about that. She asked me what I did for a living and, you know, if I had written about Doctor Who. And I'm like, of course. And of course, I've written about you and stuff. So it was just really, really nice. That was just mm-hmm. that whole experience. I think I had just been so busy and had been going through so much and had been mm-hmm. doing so much for the kids and for other people and a lot of running around and stuff. It just felt really nice to go down there and just do something that felt like completely right. selfish. Like it was something that I wanted to do that I wanted to happen and I was going to make it happen no matter what anybody said. And I made it happen. And it was just, it was so worth it. I got a chance to see her on a panel and she's just, she's one of my absolute faves. She was at the top of my doctor who like must meet people list. So I just feel so Mm -hmm. like, I'm still carrying that feeling of just like, I'm like internally screaming, (laughs) like, "Ah!" you know, like I'm so, I'm just still so excited from the experience or whatever. And the fact that, people were at the convention and there were so many people there, especially like black women dressed as Martha and people were just showing her love and, you know, people were coming up. She did a joint 
panel with uh, Catherine Tate, who played a future companion or whatever, another, you know, again, popular companion or whatever, mm-hmm. the 10th Doctor. And people were coming up and I think they asked for even more questions than they did Catherine. And Catherine is normally very, very popular at these conventions. So the fact that people were so excited to see her and were just showing her so much love, just that just filled me up and just made me happy. So yeah. it's a nostalgic thing. And it was it was it's like my big happy thing. So I just I loved it so much. Piggybacking real quick on your comment about doing the thing for yourself. It's pretty much doing this particular thing for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much the same thing I did with going to see the Backstreet Boys. It's like, I I went by myself. I didn't go with anybody. I I went by myself. Mm -hmm. I I think I literally planned this trip. The concert was on a Tuesday. I think that I had like booked everything like that Friday. I was just like, I'm doing it. Doing this for myself. I'm not going with anybody. I did see a couple of friends while I was down there, which was great. Right. But literally it was just... I need to see the Backstreet Boys like that. Yeah, well, that's how I was. That was my main objective. Like, I mean, I've got a few friends like um, Kayla, who is fabulous, the fabulous person that made our logo. She lives in Atlanta. And so she goes to Dragon Con and she always does panels and cosplays. She's there every year. Um, So I got a chance to see her and to see a few other people that I kind of know from the writing you know, writing creative sphere or whatever. And that was fine. But I did. I went down by myself. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. I just kind of made the decision that, you know, I'm going to do this for me and I'm going to go because it it matters to me, you know. I mean, there was a little bit of a hit to the wallet because, you know, we know that Uh, travel and photo ops and all that stuff is not cheap. But I was like, you know what? I want to do this for me. I need to do something for me. I spent more money at a merch table than I have probably ever spent at a merch table before in my life, which is a really sad thing to say. Uh, but I just, like, wanted everything. Because usually when I go to merch tables, when I go to concerts, like, I don't really like most of the stuff. Like, I think... Right, that's how like, I am. No lie, I think most of the stuff is ugly. Um, but, like, the, the, the type font that they use for the DNA album... Plus the fact that everything is black, red, and white, which is like one of my favorite color combinations ever. Like my couch is red because um, I love like everything black, red, and white. And like it was just heaven. Like I walked up and I was like, I want ev- like one of almost everything. Pocket's not that deep. And there's still things that I want. But like I wanted to spend way more money than I did. <laughs> I mean, but that's <laughs> pretty sad. Sometimes you just got to do stuff for yourself, you know? Exactly. Like it's just period you just got to do stuff for yourself and so that's what that's what i did so i got a chance to meet frema that was awesome um what else Aaliyah. uh just recently we just reflected on her passing because she passed away on august the 25th back in 2001 so it has been 18 years already since she's been gone it doesn't even feel like it's been that long um i saw a photo where her brother was actually out in vegas and they revealed a uh wax figure of her that looks how's the wax figure it looks pretty good from what i could tell from those photos now i mean you know sometimes photos and seeing things up close in real life is two different things but it actually looks pretty good mm-hmm. and he seems satisfied with it so i mean ultimately that kind of is what matters because he seems to be the main person that's interested in preserving and kind of carrying on her legacy i don't really know you know how much her parents are involved in all of that but he's pretty vocal about his intentions mm-hmm. to make sure that her legacy is preserved or whatever so you know, it's been 18 years since then. I remember hearing about that. I remember being just, I was, you know, around Distraught. 13 and I was just devastated because, I mean, I love, love, love Aaliyah. Like, I would record her videos on VHS and watch them over and over and over again so that I could learn all the choreography. And I just thought she was like, so, she was like everything that I wanted to be. You know, like, she was yeah. pretty and she was fly and she was like just 
like effortlessly like cool you know which were none of the things that i was and nor am i now but i mean i really wanted to be you know i wanted to be so much like her when i was a kid or whatever so it was just kind of devastating Who didn't yeah and i feel I'm, like i feel like that's of us... one of the first and i know other celebrities definitely died when we were like younger and stuff but that's one of the first mm-hmm. deaths that i felt like really deeply impacted me because i was particularly yeah. attached to that person you know was left on before or after her after her Okay. So yeah. Like almost like six if I'm not mistaken, like six months to the day after her. It's very it's yeah. very bizarre. That was that was a rough year. <laughs> it was. It, a lot a lot of stuff happened. So, you know, rest in peace, Aaliyah. I still listen to her music often. I think her self titled album is still amazing. One of the best albums ever. Uh yo uncle From start is to finish. A jerk for holding yes. your music hostage. I cannot stand him. Let the music yeah. go, man. Like, come on. You would think, I mean, I mean, if you're such a jerk and you're money hungry and stuff anyway, you would think you would let the music go and let people stream it and make money off of it. That's what you right. want to do. So why are you holding he, on to it besides just being a jerk? I don't understand. He's pretty, he pretty much did the same thing to JoJo because JoJo's on the same label. Right. Um, and JoJo said, well, if I can't have my music, then what I'm going to, well, if you're not going to release my music, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to just re-record all of it. Which is what she did earlier. Right. No. You know, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, year, Aaliyah can't do that. Year. So, yeah, we're Aaliyah stuck, can't do that. You know? Yeah. Um, I would love to have her music on streaming services because that, that last album was so good. It is great. And it's like, it's like that breakout album for an artist. Like the Aaliyah album is like that breakout album for an artist where you realize that this person's on the verge of becoming a super like everybody loved her. That album would have changed. Don't get that me wrong. That album would have changed. But her it life. was game changing for right. her. It was going to take her. That album was the one that was going to take her into like superstar status. Right. Yeah, and it's just so um, unfortunate that it just happened. You know, and now I think about. I look back now and I think about how young twenty two is because again at that age is not really registering with me just how young 22 is. But now you look at mm-hmm. 22 and it's like, wow, you know? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, that that quick rise and fall. And I mean, there's so many things happened in Leah's life that just, I mean, the people that she was around, particularly the men that she was around and, you know, the way that she was kind of treated in some of those situations and stuff. It just, some of it's kind of sad. But, you know, for her to be able to be resilient and to make it through that, and to still be able to go on with her career and continue to do the things that she loved. Like, I just, I love Aaliyah. And I miss uh-huh. her. I think she had has had such a big impact on a lot of artists now, um, which really says something considering how yeah. short-lived her career was, you know, due to her death. Yeah. So, yes, rest in peace, Aaliyah. Uh, it just feels so weird to be able to say it's been 18 years. I know. It, it just, it went by so fast. It's crazy. So, kind of, I guess, since I'm already on Aaliyah, uh, one of the people that loved Aaliyah the most, Missy Elliott, one of our patron saints of the podcast, <laughs> finally got her Vanguard <laughs> Award, and she came out and completely just smashed, smashed the stage. Like, uh, she just dropped new music. Like, she just, she doing the best. She, I'm like, you know what? New edition. This, this is what you were supposed to do when you had all that attention a couple of years ago. Uh, yes. You should have took your butt on tour or came out with some new music or done something. See, Missy knows how to do it right. You know, she got the new music out. She, does. she came out with a banging performance, doing her hits and stuff like that. The new music is fire. Like, I just, I love, I'm loving all the love and adoration and stuff that Missy's getting. And I love how Missy just seems, she, she seems so genuinely like shocked by it all. 
And I think that's just so adorable because it's like, do you not realize you're you? Right. (laughs) Do you, do you not know? Have you met you? Right. Like, do you not realize you're you because you should not be shot by all of this? She deserves though. She definitely deserves. And that performance was so good. It was so good. I mean, it just, again, just shows how she's just 20 years ahead of all of us. She really is. Like, I mean, still, 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 still. So she's just so fantastic. That that performance is absolutely amazing. So guys, check that out because it's great. Uh, there is a Wu-Tang series that actually debuted on Hulu tonight that I will be watching tomorrow because we're recording. Yeah, I got the notification for that. They they So there's these new types of tweets on Twitter where like you like it and it'll remind you about a TV show or something like I that. I love those. I think they're so inventive. They're inventive, but this one, like, the first thing it did was it gave you a Wu-Tang name. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I, I like the reminder tweet. I, I'm not happy about the Wu-Tang names. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about yeah. that. But I definitely want to watch the Wu-Tang Oh, I'm show. definitely going to watch the series. Um, I think it's going to be great. You know, it's, it's, you know, produced and headed up by a couple of the members of the group. So they just want to tell their story through their perspective about how they came together and kind of the rise of their group. Um, it's a lot of good Wu-Tang stuff circling around right now because you've got that series coming out. Um, Isn't there another one somewhere? There was a documentary that was on Showtime or whatever, and that was really, really good. I got a chance to watch that. Um, And then Sophia Chang, who was who was basically like one of their muses and somebody that was their manager, the manager of their careers and stuff like that during their early days for a very long time and a very close friend to like Meth and Red and um, RZA and a few other folks in the group or whatever. She's actually releasing a book talking about her experience in the hip hop industry as um a person of Asian descent. Huh. And she's talking about her experience with the guys and like, she managed other people and did stuff too or whatever, but she's just, she's, I've interviewed her before. She's just a complete boss and she's really awesome. She's doing a book release later this month and I'm going to try to make it up to New York cause she, um, I got a, uh, invite to go. So I'm going to try to make it up to New York to see if I can make it to her book release. Cause I think that'd be really fun. Plus I want to go to New York too. So yes, check out the Tank series because I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, Dave East is playing Method Man, which I'm here for because Dave East is fine and Method Man is even more fine. So I'm also here for, I'm just on a real, I'm on a real thirsty wave today. I don't know what's wrong with me, but yeah. Look, I am going to hold my action, but we're definitely going to do that show. So, so we can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's happening it's, it's gonna be a thing so yeah check out the Wu-Tang series on, on Hulu I think it's gonna be really good Hulu is just Hulu you know is, is hitting out the park with these with these series and stuff like that I, I like yeah, they it they, they're doing some they're doing some good work over there so I appreciate it except for Handmaid's Tale I don't watch that because I can't I can't I can't deal with too much but I'll check out the I'll check out the Wu-Tang thing so next thing I had on my list was it has been 20 years since Britney Spears came out with You Drive Me Crazy as a single. I don't know why, but I love that song. I always have. I, I always I have, will. Um, I love the video. Like Melissa so Joan cute. Hart and stuff. It's just so cute. And it's so Britney. And I just. The movie was cute too. But uh, the, that song is a dope. I love it. I love that song. I love that. I love that whole album. Like it just. It, it gives me those good, like, I mean, if you're talking about just, like, classic, nostalgic, 
teen bubblegum pop mm-hmm. feels. Like it's got all of that in there. And I just I like to listen to it because it makes me happy every time I hear it. Cute traffic. Now I want to go listen to that song. Oh yes. Um, every time I go and watch one of her videos though, I always found fall down like a video rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> so the next thing I know, I've watched like Toxic and I've watched like five more Britney Spears videos. Well, you and I'm gotta like, wait watch a minute. Toxic and then you gotta watch Stronger. Yes. And then you gotta watch Baby One More Time. And then you gotta go and watch like Womanizer oh, she's and so Circus. Cute and Baby One More Time. I'm like, wow. But I mean, you think about like that was 20 years ago. What the heck, man? Where's our lives going? I don't know, but I need the time to slow down. I don't like it going as fast as it is like i really don't yeah and i mean i remember i mean especially like with me going to a predominantly white high school like all the girls that i was surrounded by wanted to be britney yeah. like she was the she was it like everybody loved her most of the girls wanted to be her and stuff i still love britney i just want her to be okay like i mean that's yeah. and i say that every time i bring britney up or whatever but i just that stuff is going on with her with you know her dad and everything like that i'm like mm. I don't like it. Yeah, I just want her to be I, free and okay. Like she is a about to be 38 year old woman. And I just want right. her to have her freedom and her independence and to be able to live her best life. I've, I don't want to get into it, but I've definitely read some other things that are going down now. And it's just, anytime I see something like it's, it's like my heart breaks like all over again. It does. Because I mean, she's, you know, again, we were talking, like we said about Beyonce earlier. I mean, she's been around just as long and she's played, you know, also a big role in our you know our pop culture music experience you know so you want to see people like that doing well and stuff but you drive me crazy it's great and i love it forever and ever and it's just it's the the best so 20 years for that last thing i saw out there was uh again tina turner another patron saint of the podcast whom we love very much what's love got to do with it the song was number one back in 1984 and that's just that song is my that's my joint right there i mean that was when tina really just like broke out broke the mold and just started doing her own thing and making music her own way you know after so many years of Mm kind of having to go along with what you know ike's vision was she got a chance to have a vision for her her for her life and her career for the first time and it's just it's so it's such an empowering song like i love It it so much it's like why like why do we have to add love into the mix like what what exactly does love have to do with it right i've definitely said that to people like what's love got to do with it <laughs> like why does this matter <laughs> i love that song so much and i love tina like she is probably one of my biggest musical inspirations i love that woman i've actually done that song in concert before um would love to do it again um such an iconic song such an iconic video and then like Angela Bassett doing it in the movie. Oh, she was great. The robbery of awards that went down. I was about to like, say, like, she definitely... For her and Lawrence Fishburne, like, it took me a long time to not be mad with him anymore. <laughs> because when I looked at him, I was like, uh, Ike, you're not really Ike, though, so I can't be mad at you or whatever. But he just, right. he played the role so well. He did. A little bit too well. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I hate when people pay Rose too well like that because I'm like, I'd I be kind of low-key mad at them for a while. There's like four or five, like, black male actors. There's always that, playing like, somebody around. you can't stand. Like, exactly. stop it. Like, the dude from, um, what is that movie? The dude from 
Diary of a Bad Black Woman. He's always playing a creep. He always plays a creep. I cannot, <laughs> like, when I look at him, his face makes my head hurt. And I'm pretty sure he's a nice guy in real life and everything, but his face makes my head hurt because he's always person. playing somebody terrible in every movie. There's, like, another older black man. I want to say he's on Greenleaf now, but I want to say, what's that T.D. Jakes movie? Woman That Were Loose? Was it Kimberly Elise in that, too? I don't know. She's, she's bless her, she's always having something bad happen to her in a movie and stuff. Always. She just, she getting shot up and, you know, set it off. She got the man cheating on her. Like, she just be going through it in these movies. I'm like, y'all give her some emotionally heavy stuff. Like, does she, I'm like, can she do comedy? Can somebody put her in a comedy? Let her be funny? Right. Or something? I feel like she can be. But there's a a man, I think he's on Greenleaf now, and he is also playing, he's an older black man. He's got to be in his, like, 50s or 60s. And he's always playing, like, the drunk uncle child molester character and I'm just yes like, i know i don't know his name so but well. i know his face i can see it right now and i know exactly who you're talking about and he always plays somebody horrible <laughs> Stop. always doing something terrible and you're just like you play this role way too well but at the same time like you know they're probably like the nicest person in the world if you ever meet them right like in real life oh my gosh <sighs> oh well we have ventured over the river and through the woods and back again Yes, we have. And so that was all that I had for the recaps today. So congratulations, guys. You made it through another season with us. Thank you so much for sticking in there. Thank you guys for your patience. Um, as we work through some things this season, um, we've got some ideas floating around for season four. You guys can expect us to be back sometime in early October. We're going to take about a month-long break. Um, and that's mainly with me personally, my kids have just gotten back into school. So I'm trying to refigure out that routine and I'm at a new gig now. So I'm figuring that stuff out and that gives us enough time to not only kind of find some footing there, but, um, to also, you know, really build up the schedule and stuff and make sure that we've got everything straight for season four. Exactly. We're chugging we'll along. Back. I can't believe we're going into a season four already. Uh, that's, I don't even want to think about it. It's daunting to think about a season four like it is, but we're going to do it and it's going to be great. Yes, it is. So anything else you have to add to the recap conversation, pose conversation, any conversation? I don't particularly have anything to add, but I'm fairly certain there's some people out there on the Twitterverse that do. So if you do, you know where to find us on Twitter at Nostalgia Mix Pod. And also uh, you can email us at NostalgiaMixPod at gmail.com, right? Yes, I never, I never know what the email is. She checks the emails, not me. It, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I do all the other stuff, but the emails is not my thing. Um, it's too many things. It is a, <laughs> a lot, lot of things. things. <laughs> a lot of social media programs. Um, social media, like, channels to keep up with. We got to divide and conquer. So, like I said, hit us up. Twitter, email us. Instagram, we're there sometimes. Uh, mostly on Twitter, though. So, if you want to keep the conversation going and talk to us, that's where we'll be. And that's where we'll be for the next month until next season. Yep. And we will see you guys for season four. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.